Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Big Trouble Podcast, episode 253, and hopefully I get this right. The season finale. Uh, yes, you heard that right, and you probably read that right, <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. Yes, yeah, season one finale. After 253 episodes, it's finally ending season one. Uh, but anyway. It's the longest season one ever. <laughs> yeah, longer than fucking uh, Next Generation or any type of show in the 90s. Um, but yes, we are also in the finale of Chaz's mystery theme uh, with Death Sentence uh, with Kevin Bacon in there, John Goodman, and... The son from Tron Legacy, <laughs> by the way, that's that's the son in Tron Legacy uh, who played Billy, the fucking really? gangster guy. So I thought that was hilarious. Anyway, um, yeah, let's let, let's get into this movie. I love the early 90, uh, 90s, the early 2000s. By the way, I'm Andy and that's Zach and that's Chester. Oh, yeah, that's right. Sorry. <laughs> I was season too busy. You don't have to worry. Season two, we're changing. Season finale. These idiots are fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I'm Joe Dubs. Like Andy said, he's Andy. Cake and bacon is Zach and Chaz is Chaz. Shit. I mean, you've only had 253 episodes to get it right. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. I deserve that. From space. <laughs> so yes, that sentence. Uh 2007 movie. Um this is really really early 2000s stuff. Like they were like foreshadowing a lot of shit that was happening before it happened. That's why I messaged you in uh, Facebook Messenger early today is like Chaz, I'm laughing my ass off because they're at the gas station, right? And he's talking to the wife and he's like, oh, our son's going to Canada. We're going to lose him forever. And then he gets fucking sliced by a fucking machete next scene. I was laughing because before that, there there had been no conversation in the chat pretty much all day long. Uh Uh-oh. They got him. They got him. Oh, he he was going to say shit. They were like, no, you won't. (laughs) And if you hear us, you're frozen right now, and it looks like you're. I don't know where you just go. This black (laughs) cop. You you just froze and (laughs) came back and heard it. Black cop. So what? what I know. Froze and went black cop, and then went back to frozen. Yeah. So I know what you were saying. It was silent all day long, and then I decided to say, "This black cop's an idiot." Yeah, Andy, you did freeze and for a little bit and then came back. But yeah, uh, the the machete thing, I laughed my ass off, bro. And what's with these gangsters? And that's why I was like, where are they from, by the way? What city? Chaz, do you know? Metropolis. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, I kind of just assumed they were somewhat close to Canada because it's brought up in the context of the, the movie, but I don't, I don't know where they're at. I don't Chicago, did they ever really say. I guess Midwest. Connecticut, maybe? I, I, I thought like maybe like a Midwest city. Um, so Chicago made sense, or like Minneapolis, or like then again, he said Canada was far away, but I don't know what the context of that was. I mean, I don't know. They were in undisclosed American city. Yeah, and then I guess this gang is like a mixture of like skinheads and Mexicans and 
one black guy. <laughs> so, I, I, this is the way I look at this movie. If there's anything that like seems like it maybe doesn't make sense, like it's off, uh, I always just attribute it to, oh, well, this is a James Wan film. <laughs> sure. I, I, it's kind of shitty, but like it's almost like any little trope that he has in a movie. It's like, okay, he's a big picture guy, uh, but if we're we're nailing details, yeah, something's gonna be off or a little weird. And he's like, oh yeah, didn't you know? Like, there in some cities, there are gangs that are all inclusive. There's all members of all cultures, and the gang in this movie's stupid. <laughs> yes. It's really yeah. They're like a multicultural oh, early two thousands gang, and they drive very nice, very expensive sports cars from the seventies. Mm -hmm. I I don't get it. Yeah, it's you, like somebody. It's like somebody wrote this movie, and they have no idea what gangs are really like. Like they just have like this amalgamation gang. I mean, we just needed the bad guys. If that, we, yeah, we want to get the biggest flaw out of the way, yeah, that that is just the default of it. It is. James Wan filmed this movie. Like if he he is the, he is the director, and anytime he's the director, something like this will happen. And he wants you to look past that. He's like, no, no, you don't get it. You're missing the point of the film. Well, the point of the film is don't do fucking things like that. But so that I don't get confused and not pay attention to whatever else is in there. But but yes, the gang is it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, speaking of James Wan, by the way, if anybody doesn't know, he worked on the Saw movies, and if you haven't noticed the Easter egg where Billy was, you saw Jigsaw's face in the background uh, and as graffiti. I did not mm -hmm. notice that. Oh yeah, yeah, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, there's the Jigsaw clown. Yeah, I uh, thought uh, I was going to be really clever and figure out where this movie takes place because I was looking up the license plates in this movie because I figured that'd be a good way to guess. These cowards put like blank license plates on all the cars. They're just like numbers on a blank background. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think well. it is supposed to be ambiguous. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's in the James one universe. So technically it's the same city that, that uh, saw happened in. So there you go. <laughs> Mega city Stare. one saw city. And also malignant. Right. Oh, it's all, or not. Isn't that the movie? Yeah. It's the other movie he, he made. So there you go. <laughs> Um, malignant. So, the uh, the detective that I called stupid was played by Aisha Tyler. Now, if you did, if you didn't remember, like in 2015 and maybe all the way to like 2018, she worked with Ubisoft during E3 to do their their uh, their shows for E3. And I thought she looked familiar. Yeah. So I was like. That's an interesting pick. <laughs> but the reason why I call her stupid is like there's a gang that is trying to kill this guy's family. Like when you put them in like witness protection or something like that, because it's part of a crime. And I don't think a gang that was like shooting in broad daylight cares about two cops that were looked stupid anyway, sitting in front of the house. They clearly <laughs> didn't. Yeah. So, and I guess they were trying to do the whole well, you should never start this war kind of thing. So now you're you're gonna fucking go head on with this war, and I'm just only gonna give you these two cops because probably the budget in the city only allowed me to give you these two cops. Uh, so I also I also didn't like like because there was not context. I understand her point of view that uh, you know him killing. You know the the person in the beginning of the movie, uh, which turns out to be John Goodman's like younger son or whatever. 
uh, which I, I love that stupid twist, by the way. There was like stupid ass twist. Um, but um, she she's she's like being suspicious of him and she picks up the hockey stick and then goes to the guy's house to like, oh, your son plays hockey. Hmm? Hmm? And I'm like, wait a second. That was all in self-defense in that entire scene right there. Because literally he got a package. He came out with a suitcase. He got shot at. And then he killed the guy in a funny way where tying him up with a seatbelt and having the car go up the fucking parking lot. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But yeah, that that was my thing. I mean, she was not really important in this fucking movie anyway. She was just kind of like a background character because it was all about revenge of Kevin Bacon. She's supposed to be there to make him feel bad for yeah. being violent at some point, but pretty much. <laughs> And fuck the DA, by the way. I'm going to make a deal. It's going to be three to five years. We're going to get this guy off the thing. And he's talking about like his campaign, literally. Like, I'm going to get all these bad guys off of the street. It's going to be great for me, but not for you. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it's like, wait, you actually want to fight it? That's paperwork. I don't like paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was a lot of like laugh out scenes because it like had that cheesiness of early two thousands. Like, you know, when the, when he, when he found out his son was still alive and shit, and he like left, he's like, "I'm gonna get these bastards!" And like the he looked at the camera, like when after he kissed his son in the head, he like Kevin Bacon oh, yeah. just goes, looks directly at the camera, duh, 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 and he has like the badass look. I'm like, oh god, it's on now. Now he's now yeah. he's in Liam Neeson mode. He's gonna fucking get it. It's it's fucking. They couldn't decide what kind of character he was because they're like, oh, he's a what was he like an investment banker, insurance yeah. risk, loser, a risk analyst, he risk was, analyst. That's what it was. He, yeah, so he's he like, was an executive VP of a risk analyst. He's analyst like a loser, firm. and then when he gets in fights, he's 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 Liam Neeson and taken. He's like kicking guns out of people's hands and dodging stuff and like being real quick. And it's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no scene where you find out he used to be a SEAL before he like retired to family life. No, he used to be just, a hockey player. There, and then he, <laughs> he, he buys guns and then he goes to his garage and plays around with the guns for a while and they make it clear that he doesn't know how to handle guns. <laughs> yeah. They make yeah. it, he's like, oh, oh, it's a shotgun, oh my god. And then like, he read, racking it. Yeah. He, read, he, he read a fucking manual for like a 1911 and learned how to operate three different guns. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, what the fuck? yeah. So they make it, they, they, they go through the trouble showing you he doesn't know how to use guns and then he uses those guns to kill a bunch of people who know how to use guns. <laughs> Do you know how he did it? This was directed by James Wan. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to use that joke, but like, seriously, I mean, the details are there, and you're going to hurt your brain thinking of that, but uh, there, I, I will defend, there are some parts of it that are good. The problem is the consistency is, yeah. is the issue, but there are parts and moments in his actions where the fight, it's very gritty like visceral he's he is struggling right like he, he struggles with like the person as he's fighting with him like there's the the scene when they, they first invade the home where he's getting shot at and he's doing his best like dark souls simulator where he's like <laughs> dodge rolling and like barely like not getting his ass blown out and uh, but he like pulls like the rug out from the one guy and he shoots up and then he just takes that one guy and tackles him and they just go through the the fucking steps uh like the staircase uh like Stuff like that was kind of cool, but then, like you said, then all of a sudden he just knows how to shoot a gun and, like, not even proficiently, but, like, very well. 
Like, it did not make any sense at all. Uh, yeah, at that one point, right before the final showdown, he, like, turns around real quick and shoots the, the guy behind him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah. No. What? No. Like after the guy misses him and like shoots him in the ear or something benign like that. Yeah. And it's... I went back to look. So okay, a little context if anybody didn't know. So everyone here is probably familiar with a, a film called Death Wish, correct? Yes. Familiar yeah. with the the uh, the classic uh, Charles, Charles Bronson. Bronson. Yeah. And this is the only interesting thing about this movie, by the way. Is, yeah. Is where this... it came from. Yeah, this this film is a spiritual sequel to that that the the film in the sense that this movie itself is not like page for page from the book, but the the book that Death Wish is from this is the that sentence is a sequel. This is a modern take on that same book. So it's kind of cool in that way and it it does take a lot from the book in some ways the problem is again just those little details it's i've always thought that about james wan's films you know it's he's very good ideas but just those little details get you you're talking about the death wish and like the book and the movie and everything Mm -hmm. it turns out that this movie's based off of its own book Like I was reading about this movie, it's based off of a book from the seventies. Yeah, that's 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 what I was saying. Like the only reason yeah. this is interesting at all is Death Wish had an adaptation, and then they optioned the rights for the sequel to the book, Death Sentence. But Golan and uh, whatever the other the other Israeli guy, the guys who ran Canon, they didn't like it. They thought the book was boring, so they said, "I forget it. We'll just write our own shit." And then they did for you know like five movies. And then, right. way after the fact, this came along. This movie yeah. had identity problems to the point where it just like it never, it, it like almost wanted to go full action, but then it like went back a little bit. It's like, oh, I need to be a little bit serious. And uh, it, 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 it I, the scenes, I don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's Kevin Bacon's fault because Kevin Bacon is a good actor, but at times I'm just like. You know the first part where he's like gonna kill the young gangster guy, like he does everything wrong. <laughs> he sees the lady come out. I'm like, automatically, I'm like, that's an eyewitness right there. You're fucked. <laughs> Once they find out that you know you killed someone in there with a rusty knife and probably left tons of DNA all over the floor and shit, that uh, the first person they're gonna talk to is that lady who came out of the building and stuff. That I find more interesting, though. I thought that was a more compelling story, is this guy who is not a killer decides to take the law into his own hands and you know take a life, which is something that's not easy to do. And that was an interesting story at first. But then right after that, it takes a hard turn and becomes an action movie. It becomes a revenge action thriller, which is oh, yeah. another kind of movie I like. I like Death Witch, too. It's just this movie tried to have both. And it didn't didn't really work. That, that's what I meant. Like, you know, in one scene, he's like a loser. And in the next scene, he's just a badass. Right. So that's that's part of the problem is that if you look at the larger points of the movie as they play out, there there is a really interesting story. And again, I think I said before on past episodes when we would get to this movie or maybe it was off air. I defend this movie a lot in some ways. I actually really like this movie, uh, but more for the, some of the ideas and I haven't watched it in a long time. So I, that caveat of, Oh, I'm a parent. So everything hits different. It, it's hard to watch. Like it's, it's some of the scenes from it are rough just because losing a child is like the worst thing that could happen to you. So 
um, seeing it from that perspective, uh, like there, there are some really interesting uh, points of the story and this focus on taking uh, justice in your own hands and what the consequence that that is. It's not supposed to be this whole thing where he comes off badass, like he looks great. He's supposed to look like he's struggling. The problem is in between, they let him be that person where there's a lot of action. Uh, and that, that's where it's inconsistent. If it weren't for that, this film would be a lot better in just letting it be all outright struggle uh, because he needs to be incompetent and not know what he's doing because he, he shouldn't know what he's doing. But the larger points of, okay, well, he, he messes with these people and then it feeds more into that whole idea of revenge, then they proceed to uh, go after him and in full force and he ends up, you know, paying for, you know, trying to take the law into his own hands and it gets out of his control. Like, that that's there. The problem is that he doesn't learn anything. He loses his wife. His one kid's about to die. Like he's basically lost his whole family and he nearly dies. And instead, like he turns into Goku, because he's like, "Oh, you're. I think you're still alive. I love you." And then he looks up and has that like, death stare that he's gonna go off and do all Clim- this stuff. Climbs out of a hospital bed and goes yeah, out the window. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, it, 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 turns into the fucking it, Batman or some shit. Yeah, he he literally looks at the camera. If he just could have his hair turn yellow, he just straight up gives the look when. Goku arrives. I just I just watched it. It's why it's it sticks to me. When Goku arrives to Namek and finds out that the Ginyu Force broke his child's neck, and he's like, "Here, eat this, son." And he's like, "You're okay." And he's like being very nice. And then he looks up and gives that rage, like hateful look over to Raccoon. That's exactly yes, I'm the look. talking to my son. That one, that part, right? Yeah, yeah. Here, Gohan, <laughs> you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but no. the, that's the look he gives, and then he proceeds <laughs> to go on and, and like murder a bunch of fucking crackheads. I don't know. It, but the problem with the problem with that is like after he does that that stare into the camera, and he's like, "I'm gonna get revenge and all that stuff," Kevin Bacon style. Um, <laughs> like the next scene is Aisha Tyler being looking at uh, Luke's hand, goat. He's moving, doctor. <laughs> I just fucking die because it like has like seventh heaven type of drama. If you ever watched the TV show Seventh Heaven, by the way, on CW, that was uh, my favorite part of the movie. That just that that whole sequence. Just, just yeah, <laughs> she comes in and she sees that he's gone, but then she sees oh he's moving. Yeah, it, like there's so, there's some things about the movie that are so bad in that like melodrama of how they're handled but like when luke goes to the gas station <laughs> he like confirms that his dad is, is, is like doesn't like him uh, more than brent or as like as brendan pretty much yeah so okay that i'll defend that to a point of that is him trying like they're playing with this balance of him trying to understand what happened to his brother because ju- just like the father losing his first child who he adored. The son is trying to deal with, okay, he lost his big brother who he also idolizes, but also has that feeling of, well, they're so upset and they're not even giving me the attention to figure it out. Like to figure out how I feel about it. I'm also grieving. Dizzy wish that I, it was me. Like those are actually real things people go through. Like it seems Corny cliche, executed but, right. <laughs> but well, it, in a way, like it, they're trying. I think it's a thing. Is the there's effort put into it. It's just done in such a weird way. Like he went through that that ridiculous scene of the guy falling through the car and all this, and then he gets called and he's like, oh, "I know where he is." And he's like, "I'll just go there now, looking like this. I just get, got my ass kicked." 
barely survived being murdered by by fucking drug heads or whatever, and he's going to run off and, and find his son at this gas station. And it sounds like, you don't even understand how I feel! Well, here, here's another thing. What is thing, that like, supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's, here's another thing that like kind of like pees me a little bit. It's like, it's the year 2007. Let's just say like that's what the year is in the movie. They haven't seen Godfather. They don't know what happens when you mess with the mob. The mob is coming after you. Like, I wouldn't be going back to work. I wouldn't be leaving my kid in school. I wouldn't be going back to the same... If I was going to deal with the mob by myself, I'd be like, honey, I need you to go across the state or across the fucking America because I don't want this gang coming after you because I killed one of theirs. And now they're probably coming after to kill one of mine, which eventually they do. Yeah, the one the only thing that's consistent in this movie is that the police are are portrayed as totally incompetent. That is the only consistency throughout the whole movie. Like, I mean, you like, need that. It's a revenge movie. Like the police need to be useless. Yeah, yeah I mean, it makes sense, right? But and sadly, nothing else is consistent. But yeah, they are consistently like completely stupid. Like they know that they know exactly what's happening. They even call him out on it, but then do nothing to really stop it. And not and not in a way that's gonna help. And just like now, now you shouldn't be taking the law into your own hands, young he, man. Yeah, okay. he, he, in a very loose way, he basically says, "What if I did kill them? What do I do?" And she's like, "God rest your soul, you didn't start start a war." It's like, what cryptic shit is that? You're just gonna leave me with two fucking pigs out in front of my house? Of course, we're all gonna die. And then he then he says, "I can't balance it." And Aisha Tyler is like, "What? What did you say?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, that that bothered me too because I'm like, that's an easy collar right there for a cop because he's admitting guilt right now, and she's like, nope, you know what? I'm gonna let the gang hang handle this. Peace out. I'm out of I mean, here. If she was a good cop, she would have arrested him anyway because that would have kept him safe. Yeah, it, literally, she could have even had him like admit, okay, to you, I will keep your family safe. If if you admit to what you've done, and they would literally just put them in protective custody so nothing can happen. I guess that would be the end of the movie, probably. It's just yeah, more movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know why that didn't happen? This was directed by James Wan. <laughs> like, <laughs> like logic's just a void. I, it doesn't make any sense. But there, I get the idea that what Kevin Bacon's character would do and that really the any of the family for that matter nothing they would do would make sense at least because the whole point is that losing this person in their life is so devastating that they're not thinking logically or rationally because he's literally a risk assessment if anyone knows he should be the person that knows what risk he's taking doing all these things yeah he just doesn't care anymore that's the point and it it's just it's supposed to drive home that point at what point would losing a loved one in this way break you? Like it's to make you, it's the idea is to make you think that yourself and, and feel that way. So in a way I get it. The problem is, is that it shouldn't also make you suddenly very good at things in a very convenient way. He's a, what's, what's the male version of Mary Sue? He's a Gary Stew. Gary's a Gary Stew. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, for real, Gary Stu. Oh, it no. is Gary Stu. Is that really? Yeah. yeah, that's really what it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Speaking of James Wan, every time like we go into a dark, gritty area, I just like under my breath, I'm, I want to play a game. I'm like, where are we going in a jigsaw fucking puzzle or something? Uh, yeah, Especially- there were there were a couple where it happened. I was waiting for a tricycle just to go across. <laughs> It's like what the fuck was like? Like they they were holed up in like an old mental institution or something. That's what they said. And they had like yeah, a creepy like. There's like a church. It, it, it honestly it looked halfway like a western developed Silent Hill area for like their headquarters. <laughs> yeah, then like Kevin Bacon turned into fucking Judge Dredd and like pointed a gun and it says, <laughs> "What's your sentence?" <laughs> I thought about Judge Dredd as well. <laughs> yeah. Man, Kevin Bacon could have been a good judge, Dredd. All right. Him cutting his hair, was it to be cool or was it combat-driven so no one could pull his hair? Yes. It was to be cool. Okay. Uh, also, yes. Also, it's like a visual metaphor. He's transforming into a killer. He's leaving behind his old ways. It's just like that, that really deep scene at the end where they get the shootout and he kills everybody. It's just like the last guy. And then they, they both just stumble onto the pew in the, the Silent Hill church. And he's and like, then, I made you. You're just like me. You even <laughs> shaved your hair, you weirdo. I laugh, I laugh so hard that I'm like, this is so deep. Yes. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, I made you what you are. It's like some, some kind of Batman Joker shit or something. You're just like one of us. And he's like, you ready? He takes out the revolver. I really wanted the bad guy to go. How many guns did you bring, man? (laughs) Um, I got two questions. One, did I miss a scene where eventually Billy found out that fucking uh, Kevin Bacon was the guy who killed the young brother, or they just assumed and put? No, no, yes. They're all eating, and the guy's like, "Oh, my sister saw some fucking guy in a suit." Oh, that's the eyewitness. Okay. Yeah, and then like there was a newspaper, and like he made the connection there and had it confirmed by that that chick's brother who he's friends with. Okay. Yeah, he sent him over to look at the paper. She confirmed that's who it was, and then he was like, "Yeah." So that's when they went after him, and then that was the parking lot scene. Do want to point out something that was kind of cool in terms of just how they filmed it? That. Uh, entire scene when he's climbing up the parking garage until he gets to the top and they're following both of them. That was a one shot. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Yeah, it was, it was all, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah it was a real cool way of them ass. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of felt bad. Like, damn, Kevin Bacon, I wonder how many times they had to shoot this and that man was like, please, I'm out of breath. Can't do this. All time, yeah. yeah, what about yeah. the camera guy that had to follow me? Because that was a hand cam. It was like a, yeah, mm-hmm. man. Metal Gear Bacon. You had to hump the fucking cars to make him go do do the alarm and shit. <laughs> um, I like that. It's just like it's like for every little thing they do like that. That's really cool. Like again, it's that sense of of urgency and panic because he's supposed to be a civilian. That's when he's like taking that step over the edge and realizes, oh, I fucked up. No, I shouldn't have done this. It is. Then they go the other way, and it's like no. Uh, it's again. I have so many conflicting feelings about this movie because there's so many cool ideas of what they could do, and some things they actually do really well, but then they end up contradicting a lot of it. Um, but even despite that, I still defend it in some weird ways. Sometimes you just watch a movie at 3 a.m. when you're in college, and it just hits different. I don't know. You have seen Ben Doc Saints. But I went. How did you guys go about seeing this movie? Um, no, no comments. <laughs> Le- okay. Legally, just legally. Okay, so but you saw it in HD, right? Yeah. 
Well, I went to watch it legally. I legally rented it off of watchitlegally.com. <laughs> yeah, no, right. no, really. I, I rented it off YouTube and then I was like, all right, here it goes. And I just decided because I was eating dinner at the same time, I was like, let's go watch this on my computer. Well, apparently it wasn't streamable in HD, it was just SD. So let me tell you something though. This movie really is like a it, watching SD on a computer monitor kind of a movie. That's, that's, that's how what I watched this, it. <laughs> that's that, how, that, yeah, it sounds fitting. It's because well, it, like when I was watching it, I was like, you know, I think I like this better in SD on a computer monitor. It looks better. <laughs> it handles the grittiness. Like I will give credit to James Wan. There is like some cool shots in there. Um, like when he's going through the mental uh, uh, institution place, like it does, like it, it's the wall is dark, and then like the light shines over it, and it's like all these like spooky goose, uh, goose, ghost. Uh, I talked like a Canadian there for a spooky second. Spooky goose, goose, But there's like ghost faces and shit and stuff, and I, I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, and then they did like the whole like Max Payne like walking the trails of blood and shit in in the mental institution area, uh, especially when he like blows off that guy's fucking leg and then like shoots him like twenty feet in, <laughs> into the air, and then shoots the guy out of the fucking uh, hospital window and stuff. Oh man! But my my second thing, it's not really a question, but it's kind of like a comment. I predicted. I was like. Oh man, how are they going to find out his family? Must be the wallet. Oh, let me guess. The wallet is in the suitcase. Why is it not in his pocket like a, a normal person? But uh, yeah, that's how they found out uh, where they lived is there was a, uh, you know, a wallet in there and address and stuff. And he had to do the, the picture and then call the uh, payphone to the bar which another scene that I laughed my ass about is when Kevin Bacon goes in the bar and asks for where Billy is and the guy's talking in Spanish and then like it cuts Kevin Bacon just silent there for a second and then he starts to start talking Spanish and I start laughing. I don't know why. Just seeing He's Kevin like, Bacon talking Spanish is funny. In a ba- badass way. And then mm. like what got me is he gave him a fuck ton of money and he didn't have to. He could have just like slapped him around and I wondered about that too. Like he gave him so much money, the guy should have been like, "Oh, I'll tell you exactly where they're at. That's fine." Well, that's why the guy like, grabbed it first. He's like, "Like I, I would have, <laughs> yeah, I would like beat his ass and then took my money back because it's like, listen, I tried to be nice and then fuck you." That that's the inconsistency thing, right? Oh, that yeah. like that like actually would have made a lot of sense if everything else was in line because this is a guy that has no idea how to pressure someone and, and browbeat information out of them. So he would be the guy that would be very aggressive and like beat him around, but also throw a bunch of money at him and do it the wrong way. But <laughs> that, like, again, there are moments where it makes a lot of sense, except he doesn't continually do that. Then he goes in back my- to Liam Neeson and doing badass stuff that he shouldn't know how to do. In my head, uh, I just, I just de- developed a, a better, more entertaining scene where some guy's just like beating somebody's ass with like, I don't know, a tire iron. And it's like, where is he at? Where are they at? And then he just throws like a bunch of money at him, like a bunch of bills just flutter around in the fucking air. Tell me, I don't want. And you're like, you're confused him because you're beating his ass and you're giving him a bunch of money and he just doesn't know how to react. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to take it to the next level. You know what would hurt more than the cash? You just get fucking rolls of fucking quarters and just pelting him. You just like flick quarters at him. God, like, ah, what the fuck? <laughs> you just fucking beaning his ass with the no, fucking no. hard roll. Yeah, the hard Sacagawea roll. Sacagawea dollars. 
Oh, that's, that's what it, <laughs> you guys wanted to say Sacagawea. Sacagawea dollar coins. Hey, so you're right. Let's say weed. Um. <laughs> All right, let's talk about John Goodman. Nah, oh, what, my goodness. <laughs> He's fat. <laughs> he wears two types of glasses. He's um, been fat forever. The thing with this, like, they tried to like do some type of like dumb twist like in the beginning you thought like he was like a mob boss type of guy or something whatever because like billy comes up with the money and he's like that's all you got you fucking half wit get out of here run a corner or something like that yeah and then you know kevin bacon buys the guns and shit and like you know he he shows him all the guns he shows him the deagle the 1911 and the is it is it, uh can we talk about that please? I fucking yeah. hate I fucking love hate that scene. I fucking hate <laughs> love that scene. Because it's like, here's all the movie guns. This one's the 357 Magnum. This one's the 1911. And this one's the Desert Eagle. It's like it really oh, is. those are all the cliches. You did it. You got all three of them. Good job. And then he's like, Yo. no, wait. Uh what about Britain? Uh double barrel shotgun. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> Like, get out of here! I'm, I'm not. <laughs> and then, of course, they do the same. I I hate I hate scenes like that. Like I was saying, I hate and love scenes like that where it's like, I'll take them all. <laughs> like that's always what happens. <laughs> well, it, I'm not knocking the double barrel shotgun, right? But I like, am. That's stupid. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with you because, like, you're going to kill a bunch of, bunch of gangsters, and by the way, he uses the double barrel mostly through that mental uh, institution. I mean, you saw what happened to everybody. Yeah, but yeah. like, there <laughs> he was doesn't have to aim it as much. It's, it's, I'll give it to you; it makes the most sense because all the all the pistols he needs to be aiming the shotgun. He can just like ballpark it a bit, <laughs> pretty much. And also, love- it's intimidating. Like it's blowing, like you know plate-sized holes and walls and people so you know, Dude, when they went into the, his the house and shit too, and they were putting holes i'm like holy fuck <laughs> and, and these gangsters suck at shooting they holy really do. fucking shit dude like billy could have shot him like twenty thousand times which why did they do this yeah but like he, <laughs> he should have stopped <laughs> like running and shot and like he would have won but again, no, that, that's what the movie I don't even know about that. That motherfucker's like Domino from the Marvel Universe, like just fucking <laughs> lucky as shit, like never getting hit. Yeah, I was waiting for like a spoiler or some weird twist where it was like, no, actually, and he was gonna be like, yeah, I'm the leader of the Yakotsky. I can actually dodge shit. And he's well, like, see, that's why he's a risk. Shit. That's why he's a risk analyst. <laughs> that, that, that's what I was saying earlier. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop and be like, you know, when I was in Delta Force, blah, blah, blah. And be like, oh, this makes sense now. But no, They called happened. me the risk analyst because I could go into a risky situation and analyze every angle and come out clean. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. When I was in Vietnam, I killed 300 Viet Cong. I know what it sounds. I know what the what sound a man makes when you stab him in the back. Yeah, his son's like holding a machete. It's like, do you know anything about a machete? I do <laughs> did you notice like they try to like make kevin bacon like an asshole like remember when his co-worker comes in he's like oh this guy's like about to lose everything and he's like no we can't give him any money because he's he's a risk or whatever so well, they- i think kevin bacon was the good guy there right well, see i i thought it was the other way around no he was he was like oh we're this guy worked for us we're gonna do right by him right oh yeah 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 maybe he's talking about like some new company yeah. policy that's supposed to be better about that shit or something. Someone had died and they didn't have any beneficiaries or something like that. 
Yeah. I thought they were always like playing the part like there's a bad side of him and he just needs to release it. <laughs> like he was just following the rules to the company, the corporation. Oh no, I uh, think that, yeah, it was the other way. It was actually trying to like, oh no, he's being a good person, but he's also looking at like the actual risk. Again, it, it it's that weird thing of this is a person that is constantly always thinking about taking the low risk thing, and then his son gets killed. Uh, buying a Slurpee, and he says, "Fuck it!" and he throws all that shit out the window, which is a cool premise, right? Until they they do weird shit with it. I, I don't oh, know. I wrote in the Facebook chat. There's a reason why I don't flash my blinkers at cars, just for that reason. Did happen? You don't know me. what the fuck's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is that thing? I always learned that. You you only do it for two. Like if you flash your blinkers, there's like the weird urban legend or something and a about cop is like getting murdered. Well, not that that's the actual reason to do it, right? Like I was I learned like living out in, in you know in the fucking sticks in West Virginia. If the road. You flashing is to give them a heads up. Something ahead of them is is a some type of hazard. Whether the, it's it, a deer, a it cop, one of two things: crazy hobo, deer. Yeah, pigs or deer, exactly. Nah, I just okay. fuck everybody. I don't do that shit. I don't. I don't know who's in that car. I don't know if it's like fucking Al. I almost said Al Bundy, Ted Bundy, or something like. An <laughs> I think you're gonna say Al Qaeda. <laughs> I don't know if it's Al Qaeda or Al Bundy or Mothman. I don't know. <laughs> a, I, gee, I don't know, Peg. This guy's flashing his lights at me. What do you think we should do? About this? <laughs> <laughs> roll fucking shoes at him. You, that piece of shit. Uh, oh, man. that's that's great. Yeah, so like, there's a lot of things like Kevin Bacon does really stupid shit. Like, man, check your gas before you go into whatever long trip because his son is like, I need to go in the city because I'm having a hockey match. And then he like goes to this like bumfuck uh, gas station and then south side of Chicago fucking gas station. Yeah. And then, and then the son is like, I got to get my normal sushi slushy. Never get gas station sushi. You're playing with fire there, by the way. God. Yeah. Uh, so um, I know we're, we're nitpicking and we're shitting on it. Uh, it and it's okay. I, I want to give my, my summary and hear what you guys think about it, though, just because I'd be nitpicking details forever. Just the way I've always looked at this movie, I thought it was a good I've actually wanted to pick this movie for a long time. It's actually the entire reason I came up with a pick. This is one of those movies that, to me, is a 6 out of 10 that – like it's just like undeserved in a way like i i feel like it, it could have been so much more it is a at least an eight out of ten in terms of the premise of what the story could be but like a five out of ten in execution at best because of how they like ruin certain details like there are certain parts of the movie i think that really have they pack so much emotional weight and maybe it's low-hanging fruit because you know having to watch a family, you know, try to deal with the murder of their, their teenage son or something. is just a hard thing to watch. Right. It just, it's supposed to be rough. Like it's, it's a hard thing to, to sit and look at, but the, there are really like good messages in the movie. The movie itself is, uh, got a very good lesson to it in a way, but then it almost contradicts its own lesson. I think it's still there in a way, but they end up getting so edgy that, that's my only thing I really, really don't like. I can get over the James Wan logic vacuum. I, that doesn't bother me as much anymore. The number one thing that I get griped about, about this is that the entire thing's supposed to be a lesson. And at the very end, he just lets him go full Sakura 
and or not Sakura Sasuke, and uh, that's not, like that's not the point of it. It's only it misses its own point because you're not supposed to make the whole revenge thing look cool. Yeah, you are. Not not in this movie. It should. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to. This movie's trying to take itself seriously. Is is but also be saying. ridiculous. Well, yeah, but, but that's the thing. Yeah. You've got to have one or the other. You either got to have Death Wish, which is, you know, badass and, like, you know, it's male power fantasy. It's like, oh, someone wronged me, and now I'm going to fucking blow them away. Like, you know, Fuck that's, yeah. that's cool. Oh, I want to watch that movie. Or or it needs to take itself seriously and have a message about how violence perpetrates violence and blah, 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 blah. Exactly. That, yeah. That's 100% the thing with this movie. You can't, he can't be a cowboy and a civilian. Yeah. No. He has to be one or the other. They and tried they don't, so hard to do both. <laughs> they did, and to be fair, I feel like they got further than a lot of other stories similar to that could have gotten, but it still falls short, which is so, so uh, disheartening in a way. But uh, despite that, it's still... It's one. It's one of those weird things. Like you know, if everyone has their their six out of ten game that they'll tell someone to to watch. Um, I recommend it. People watch. Still watch this at least once. It's a light, well, kind of a lightish recommendation. But I, again, I take it with the fact that there's caveats to it. But it, I think it still creates some interesting discussion. It's just it's that execution and those little details that really can be a hang up on it, rather than the bigger message of the movie. Um, which I know we we focus more on the nitpicking part, but. Let let me be. Let me frank. When I'm nitpicking it, when I'm having a good time nitpicking it, I'm having a good time watching this movie. Like, (laughs) oh sure, sure. It's it's like now there's like stuff like uh, uh, Mano Hand of Fate, like where we're just like fuck, I gotta talk about this movie uh, (laughs) and shit. Like that's where it's hard for me to like nitpick because i fucking hate the movie and i don't want to talk about it but we did talk about it on the show so go go listen to one of our halloween episodes uh but like this one like i had a good time because one i'm actually a sucker for the saw movies so i actually like (laughs) saw movies and james wan like yeah it's directed by james wan it's early 2000s as fuck uh but yeah i understand what the message that they were trying to do um I also think that they're like, we have Kevin Bacon as the lead and he needs to be a badass. And that's hurt the movie in a sense, because they were trying to, you know, teach a lesson. Like sometimes revenge is not the way to be because you, you lose family members that way. Obviously he lost his wife and probably he's going to jail for, then again, I don't know because we don't see what happened at the end. <laughs> Maybe they died. Like, Did he die? Well, I mean, like it fades out from him watching his whole movies. So it's like no, he, he gets arrested, I think, is what happens. No. Well, OK. In an extended version of the movie, he succumbs to his wounds. He dies. Oh, really? Yep. That's shitty. I mean, I even before that, I interpreted that ending as he fucking blacked out watching his whole movies. He died. Huh. Yeah, no, I, I, I did, did the same. Yeah, <laughs> I did. I, I had the same thought. Like he, he took he had too many mortal wounds. He managed to get back to his home just to be able to watch and like know it was all worth it because that's he knew that he he'd forsaken himself in that way you know what so it I, is? I think it that way too but. you know what it is he hated luke so much that he didn't want to take care of him <laughs> so he fucking See, died that's, <laughs> that's the bad kid i'm gonna leave him to the system <laughs> more like puke he's gonna puke no really, I, I i actually that's another thing it's like frustrating it's like that logic like loophole of you you gave up 
it did all this stuff anyway and caused it for your family. And instead of looking and realizing it and knowing, okay, you really do have another chance to like take care of your, your son and try to make this right. Nope. You just like, I'm just going to finish the job and leave him completely alone. And blow all the savings on top of that. Yeah. You talk about, you talk about a Batman origin story. Fucking Luke is going to turn into a shitty Minneapolis Batman right there because he is now an orphan. Cause his dad no. was a scumbag. He spent all their money and he like left him with, he's going to come out of a coma yeah. and just be like, he fuck this kid. <laughs> He's not going to become Batman. He's going to become Joker. He's an artist. He was fucking. He, he had a rough childhood. He was. Want to know how it got these scars? By his father. He has Dane Bramage now. He does. <laughs> Dane Bramage. Yeah, that's. Yeah, well. I was going to be a soccer uh, player, but my dad. The Dubois Oblin got to explode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> waiting for that. That way, James Wan interview is like, well, actually, this is supposed to be a jigsaw origin story. Oh shit! Sure. Uh, yeah, see, like that. Honestly, it wouldn't be too far off. Like, oh, look at shit he went through. Like, and that's, and that's, and that's what I realized. This is the message movie I've ever seen. Huh? What? You never watched I, the original Saw? I opened up. No, I've never seen Saw. I've never seen The Conjuring. I didn't see. You never saw Saw? Aquaman. I didn't see. Saw, Saw. Like, Wait, is, is Insidious good. that one where there's like a huge black void between two weird houses? I've seen yeah. Insidious and I thought it was okay. Yeah. Insidious was cool. Yeah, Insidious, Insidious people are like, this Never is mind, amazing. This is it's so fucking scary. And I'm just like, it's not really scary, but okay. <laughs> he directed some random ass shit. He directed Aquaman. He directed Furious 7. Mm-hmm. He directed something called Doggy Heaven. Doggy Heaven. <laughs> Doggy Heaven. It's like all dogs go to heaven, but dumber. That's Don't like the fucking it. Walmart version of it, I guess. I guess he only directed that one Saw movie, too. That's weird. Pinnacle of the horror genre right there. Doggy Heaven. <laughs> Doggy Heaven. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I I give it a light recommendation, this movie. Um, there were some shots that were shot really well. Um, like it, it also, like, the scenery, like, went from... Some parts of the city was not like the city. It looked like they were in the bumfuck of middle of nowhere at times, but they were in the city. Maybe that was like maybe that's middle mid- Midwest city life, I guess. That's a that, that's Midwest metropolis metropoli. Fucking is that, Detroit. Is that, is that the you guys forgot? That's my theme. Remember yeah, everything's theme. Detroit. <laughs> yeah, every movie we watched took place in Detroit, and it's really depressing. Detroit and or dinosaur. <laughs> Detroit dinosaur cop. Your theme is D words. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you the D. <laughs> Six weeks of the D. There it is. We figured it out. Actually, yeah, but uh, of course, but that's another reason I wanted to make sure we wrapped up in, in some time. I wanted to take a minute and see if we got to our. Oh our yeah, theme. I'll. Yes, I'll but... uh, I you know, I don't. I, I don't hate this movie at all. There's parts about it I like, but I think it's another one of those movies that just like skirts the line between. I have recommended worse movies than this, but I don't really recommend Death Sentence, if that makes sense. But, you know, the the other side of that is I would never stop someone who wanted to see it. If someone was like, you know, I might watch uh, Death Sentence, uh, Kevin Bacon movie, I'd be like, yeah, it's okay. It's better like, than I, Requiem. I would, yeah, it's better than Requiem for a Dream in my Spoilers. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't stop anyone from seeing it, but if someone wanted to watch, you know, a revenge movie or something, it, it wouldn't be the one I recommend, if that makes sense. Again, I, I, I don't, I'm not like, fuck, this movie sucks. It's just, eh. <laughs> exactly. That's fair. Uh, uh, 
I kind of liked it. Um, yeah, it's like a weird recommendation. It falls into like some kind of weird middle ground. So you have to like ask somebody questions, I guess. So it's that like, makes sense. Do you like do you like revenge movies? Yes. Do you like Kevin Bacon? Yes. Do you like does it bother you when movies like tonally shift a lot? Uh, and if they hesitate. Then you go, okay, watch this movie. It's, it's yeah. like, well, I got a product it. for you, Sham Wow. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever seen a, those episodes of Dave Chappelle show where he's like, when keeping it real goes wrong? Yeah. That's that, that's like the revenge, like cowboy story. Like this, it's that version of this when he was like, I'm gonna keep it real and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking get my revenge, and then it goes all wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, yeah. I, I was laughing too because I just realized your name was Taken Bacon. <laughs> oh, you just caught it, yeah. Just I even have, it. Taken, I even have a but with Bacon. Very serious Kevin Bacon picture right there too. Yeah, he's so my serious. he's my favorite Guardian of the Galaxy. Do you do you think that uh, he, you think he's kind of an underrated actor? It's weird. It's like he's like not really like a big star. And he's not really known for like a lot of movies. Like like all people say Footloose and some some people will bring up a few good men and like fucking look straight up. I fucking love Tremors. Tremors. That's it. That was the other Tremors. Hollow Man. He's in uh, Friday the Thirteenth. He was. Uh, he was That's in right. The Friday the Thirteenth films. Yeah. That's right. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. He's in like first Kevin Bacon movie I ever saw uh, yeah. was Hollow Man. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he's in Hollow Man too. But like, yeah. yeah, it's weird. He has like a weird career. I feel like he's one of those actors that if he's directed really well, he does a really good job. And that's not a slight against him at all. Like, I think like Nicolas Cage is the extreme that. And I yes. think I think Kevin Bacon is more of the like the Mo- moderate. The moderate. The 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 control of that. And Keanu Reeves <laughs> is the low. Like he's not gonna go off the rails, really. Like, yeah, yeah he's he, professional. Yeah, but he's, he's. I mean, <laughs> he like he's in like um uh, like Apollo thirteen, and it's yeah. got a really good director, and he's really good in that. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I liked him in yeah. a few good men too. Is the the asshole uh, 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 prosecutor? Oh yeah, um, that was him. Yeah, I forgot. Or about he that. played. In the movie called The Woodsman in 2004, where he played a child molester, returns to his hometown after 12 years in prison and attempts to start a new life. He does that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Wow, what a fucking story. We're going to watch that soon. You know what else? Uh, He's the voice of Balto. Hey. He was was also the bad guy in X-Men First Class. And that's right. Yeah, he was. uh, See, he's a stoker. He's a really strange career. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Nixon, uh, I, I again, not, I know we can keep going on. I'm just like looking through all the different movies. He has he has done a great job of like several decades now of be, keeping himself relevant enough and being in random things. But it's exactly what you'd said. As long as he doesn't, he has good direction mm-hmm. and he's not getting in his own way. I think he's good. I think that's actually one of the things that this movie that suffers the main, the large actors that really stand out on camera get in their own way in this movie because of what they do. Like John Goodman's character just is a little too much. For yeah, me, I was excited opinion. about him, but he's got too much. He's got there's like big thick glasses. He's like, I'm pissed yeah. off all the time. I thought he was gonna be yeah. a detective, by the way. I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. I thought he was gonna be like trying to like track down Kevin Bacon. He's like, nah, he's just some. Uh, Gangster son's boss or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and the character he plays is just like I cuss a lot. 
is the character. He, he, yeah, well, and he's just like a shitty person, and he's yeah. the whole thing, right? But uh, anybody else pop whenever the, the son finally killed him, and I was like, great, I don't have to listen to that shit anymore. They just, they just I was confused him. about how he did it, because he had the gun down here, but the bullet went straight through his glasses and into his yeah. eye. Yeah. He had a, yeah. magic bullets or something, I don't know. You, know how, you, you know see, you see wanted, he bullet curved, he, he did the shit. Yeah, and... you, you know how it happened, right? Directed by James Wan. I thought Kevin Bacon like <laughs> shot a sniper rifle or whatever. Or, like he, he shot. Yeah, <laughs> first for a split second, I was like, "Did he fucking kill him, dude?" Just that would have been cool. That would have been cool. I would have liked. Oh that. no, no, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Like he, so he, he, it, it is that. But... Like I missed. He's like, "Dad, you're dead," and then they have a big, big fight. Okay, hear me out. Hear me out. It's it's the same scene where you see it like that, and you're like, "Oh shit, he got shot in the back," and then it zooms way out, and Kevin Bacon's up on a rooftop, and he's got the double barrel shotgun. Yes. Because they're making no fucking Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six Siege. Rainbow Six uh, fucking Vegas. Never mind. They said Siege. Vegas, that's right. All right. Fuck. Alrighty. uh, Does anyone have guesses left on the theme? I burned my two. Well, you guys go. Just give me a second. You doing some... some, Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. You were wondering a vamp. I had a... uh, uh, a guess, and then like when I looked at all these movies, I, I saw there was this big hole in that, and I was like, "Oh, I can't do that anymore." Which was like, "What's what's a good revenge movie? Is it just Death Wish? Is that just it?" I, mean, I know Death there's Wish, more. Kill Bill. I, I spit on your grave. I guess. Kill Bill. Kill Both Kill Bills. Kill Bill. Uh, yeah, of course. Kill Bill is my you know be great my revenge favorite. movies. I mean, Taken is revenge. Uh, those I, are good. I still haven't seen Taken. Can you believe that? Cool. <laughs> you need to watch Taken. <laughs> Taken gave Liam Neeson like a whole second career of just grumpy action grandpa. Yeah, it's I see the gray, not, which is him. Not even that. that like they're like four actors that rode the coattails. Like fuck, I, I hate saying it, but Denzel Washington managed to squeak out two movies, uh, like based on Liam Neeson's premise of Taken. Just oh, like Man on I'm Fire, be that, right? That's a revenge. Uh, well, that one was uh, before, so yeah, technically before he was already saying Equalizer. Equalizer is a movie I was thinking of. Oh, yeah, like, I like that movie, too. Yeah, that movie was pretty badass. I've never watched the second one, but, like, that whole premise of, like, wait, this guy is way over the top in terms of, like, what he's good at. Um, who is the other actor? Uh, who's who's uh, the guy who played Fat Batman? Al Kilmer. No, no, not that. Well, he fat, became fat, fat later. No, he became fat later. No, he was, was fat while guess, he was though. Batman. He had the, he has a butt chin. Uh, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck's in that movie, The Accountant, where he's autistic, but he's like really fucking good at killing people. He, so he becomes an autistic hitman. Again, it's the same premise, except they just added a bunch of dumb extreme shit to it. He has and killing they, autism. <laughs> they're like oh he's a savant what, what's, what's his, his specialty murder <laughs> you know what I googled revenge movies and google has reminded me that Harakiri is a revenge movie that's her yeah yeah <laughs> hey, did that that's a pretty right? goddamn good one yeah. oh no we, we started talking about revenge movies we waited on you yeah we, we did a thing we did a bit so a- Andy needs to watch Taken that was the premise of the whole thing is the move? Is the theme chaos? Is it like chaos the theme? <laughs> no, because is, is AEW booking? Is that what it is? Sundays. <laughs> who who has guesses left? I already um, used my two. Remember, I gave you it's a. I think Zach I mean, is last. I don't have a guess. <sighs> okay, the theme. I, I just I'll just give hang it. Hang on, guess. can I can I take a free guess? I, I mean, yeah, at this point, you can have, gets, you can have my guess. 
Everyone can just take one free shot and just I, go I, for it. I had one more guess. Is it hubris? No, that's close. So remember, I said it was. Well, a... Mine are all close, apparently. No, <laughs> so you guys wrong. are you're guessing too far into the scope. It was just a. It was a very general term. That's why I movies. told you guys before. <laughs> Film. It's a movie. My theme is movies. This is all uh... about movies. <laughs> I am Andy. What a cinema. Moving pictures, actors, oh, directors, uh, writers, Oh my goodness, Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon. This was Six uh, Degrees of Kevin Bacon. There's six movies. Kevin See, look, Bacon. I did it. I'm sure you you could play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with these movies, but uh, and actually that was the joke I was originally going to do is make a mystery theme around Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, but I didn't I didn't go that far. Um, so the the mystery really theme is drum roll. Uh, la, 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 la. Cautionary tales. I would have never fucking guessed that. <laughs> you, you guys were all guessing what like different types of cautionary tales. So I just these are all cautionary tales. Every single one of them is a is a lesson in. Oh, you shouldn't have done that. You fucked up. And you can find out. That's what it is. So the more you fuck around, the more you find out. Like the chart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I will say this. I will say this. Terminator Two is a loose one, but I wanted to throw it in there because I just didn't want to watch uh, the other movie I chose. Don't trust computers. Don't do that. Don't but, download that. But, but in general, the whole I know movie it makes happens. Sexy because... anime ladies, but don't download it. When it says you get a free iPad, don't click on the button, please. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's Barbarian? What's that? Yeah, what's, don't, don't trust get people. an Airbnb. Yeah, don't, don't I do Airbnb. learned that lesson. Okay, so <laughs> what's funny is, all right, so if you're ready for this, I'm still like sitting on that one because I, I just looked up to try to find newer. Like, I wanted to, like a varied amount of movies. I wanted to find newer movies that were considered cautionary tales. And the first one that came up was Barbarian in the list that I saw. So I was like, well, I don't want to spoil anything. So we watched it and I was like, well, the fuck, how does this fit in my theme? So oh, there's well, a freaking red herring in there then. Not necessarily. <laughs> I... I I think I think part of it is oh, it's cautious. cautionary tale. Like one, like there there is the premise of people are so easy to like just think. Manipulate. Okay, I'll just get the cheapest the cheapest possible fucking place to go stay. Uh, so like the whole thing with the craze of Airbnbs are okay. Well, I'll do this to save a buck. I was like, well, no, look what like what you put yourself into. But also like the whole idea of living in like the actual greater part of it with cautionary tales is. Uh, living your life within the confines of stereotypes like she like lived a certain way and thought a certain way in her own stereotypes and that almost ended up proving to be her downfall twice because of and she uh, also didn't have a trust for men too so that she was cautious about men and then they like went through justin long's character and then uh what you call it that actual rapist guy that lived in, in the fucking underground basement thing yeah so I guess so. <laughs> the other cautionary, the other cautionary tale is, if you find a hidden door in a basement of a place that you're renting, get the fuck out of there. Unless you can make money off of yeah, it, real estate baby. Place, Holy shit! Money. I can make so much money. No, in the real, in the in the real, in the actual, true, honest to god, real uh, cautionary tale of that movie is just don't go to fucking Detroit. The the yeah, the, another yeah. real cautionary tale is don't be cheap all the time. Just sometimes. Don't, don't just sometimes. See, it's like that's why I always get my own room in hotels. I don't, I don't fucking room with anybody because I don't, I don't know what they do at night, and they don't know what I do at night either. Yeah, see, exactly. Everyone knows what you're doing at night. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sleeping. 
<laughs> just sleeping. Watching Kurt Angle perk videos. I'm watching Kurt Angle perk videos. Be like, God damn, I wish I could have some perk sets, and I wish I could win the Olympics, and I wish I could be a wrestler, and I can't do any of that shit. <laughs> Except maybe get perk sets. You believe in yourself. Hey, you probably get some perk sets. I mean, you live in the right part of the country. <laughs> <All> right. <laughs> so, ranking time because that's our gimmick. Yeah. So no gimmick infringement. I will go first on my list, and then Andy, and then Zach, or Chaz has his. Unless, Zach, you want to go last, since I don't see anything there? I guess I always go last on this, I guess. Let's just stick with tradition. Okay, uh, so I picked number uh, six, Wrecking for a Dream, which I think everybody's going to do that. Number five is... This is a classic. (laughs) Number five is Death Sentence. Number four is Barbarian. Number three is American History X. Number two is Jurassic Park for me. And I'm I'm putting Terminator over, baby. I have to. So Terminator 2 Judgment Day is number one. Andy, what about you? Jazz, you want to just tell everyone what both of our selections are? <laughs> yeah, so Andy and I have the same one. Although I will say, caveat in mind, I almost, I really consider trying to argue to say that there was a tie between mine because one and two could really just flip. But no. Six is recommend for a dream because drugs are bad. Uh, five is death sentence because it was directed by James Wan. Uh, four is barbarian <laughs> because it doesn't fit the theme of my secret theme. Sorry, guys. Uh, number three is American History X because Nazis. Bite the uh, curb. Bite the curb, yeah. Uh, so I really do feel like depending on how the wind blows and my mood is, I could literally flip between the top two. Because uh, both are so iconic, right? Uh, but I, I ended up, I think, more often than not, just because there's just that, I don't know, there's something a little more nostalgic for me with Jurassic Park. So I have T2 Judgment Day at number two, and I have Jurassic Park at one. But I, I've, it's, it really feels like a coin flip. Like, I, it could I'm really pretty be much, either way. Like, like I said, mine's identical to Chaz's, and I'm kind of right there with him, like, Terminator 2, I considered putting in the number one slot, but honestly, if I did that, my childhood self would time travel and come kick my ass. So, I'm yeah. And honestly, I think Jurassic Park, like, I, I think I like both of them equally, but I think Jurassic Park might technically be a better movie. Yeah. Also, I actually think that, like, what's funny is of the films we watch, the two films that I chose that were like this, the big like blockbuster movies might actually be the two best cautionary tales of the things I chose, especially Jurassic Park. Like I love the, just the, the general theme of just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Yeah. Don't like, that is the, greatest, the greatest cautionary tale of all time. <laughs> like, it, fucking make dinosaurs. Well, they're the fucking human race again. Good job. It's like, yeah, don't be God and make dinosaurs again. And then the other one's like, please don't make an AI because they're going to kill us all. <laughs> I mean, even if that doesn't happen, I played Final Fantasy X. I know what you happened. Can, you yeah. can chat with an AI on fucking Snapchat now. Go to town. Mm. Zach, what's yours? Okay. Let me paste it. Ooh, Pasting. I'm ready. Wait, it's being done. Oh, no. Here, here we go. I, I got it. Ah, we have a challenge. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I got Re- Requiem for a Dream at six, it was four point one out of ten. <laughs> uh, that's it's, uh, it's not that's not really a, that terrible of a score, but it's not good. Uh, Death Sense of five, six point four out of ten. Uh, Barbarian at four, six point nine out of ten. American History X, uh, at three, seven point nine out of ten. 
Uh, Jurassic Park at two, 8.6 out of 10. Terminator 2 at one, 9.0 out of 10. Whoa, nice. One of the highest rated movies I have rated on this show. Mm -hmm. So we we all agree with six, Requiem of a Dream, five, Death Sentence, four, Barbarian, three, American History X. The only difference is Andy and Chaz has chosen Jurassic Park at number one. And then me and Zach chose Terminator 2 at number one. So Team Terminator versus Team Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park team, state your case. Uh, I fold immediately. Just put Terminator 2 at number one. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's not worth it. I don't have much for this. Yeah. It's I was close. Gonna, it's it's really close. Thinking, like if a Terminator, if a Terminator came back to that era and had to fight a T-Rex, who would win? The, the T-Rex Arnold. would eat the Terminator, but not really. The Arnold would not win. Really. So. He can't really eat that. He'll, he'll punch a hole in his stomach and come out. Yeah, See, exactly. I like Jurassic Park. Um, I never got into like Jurassic World movies because it's like it, it, it's not capturing the same magic that uh, Jurassic Park was. Nah, and, that, that and was I'm like not, lightning in a bottle kind of shit. Yeah, kind of like not, Terminator. <laughs> yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. yeah that is kind of another notch for Terminator, though, is that Terminator was interesting enough that there are two good movies. Jurassic Park was interesting enough that there is one good movie. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, hey. No, no, we're not going to. No, you can't argue that. I win. No, I, You can be like, I kind of like Jurassic World or I kind of like Terminator 3. You like it. Not everyone does. Everyone likes Jurassic Park and everyone likes Terminator and T2. Well, not everyone likes all movies anyway. What kind you of know, argument's that? I, I think the vast majority of the target audience would say they like those three movies. And the other mm-hmm. ones, I think you'd have an argument about. People would be like, oh, I'm fucking Lost World. Oh, he goes to San Diego and there's a T-Rex there. That's stupid. Uh, I don't you'd like be surprised. I don't know. I'm, I'm being surprised more. Like, I joined random groups on Facebook for, like, movies and shit. And goddamn, you'd be surprised what some people say about, like, what are considered to be, like, the best movies of all time. Yeah, like Requiem of a Dream. Yeah, people but, are yeah. fucking retarded. I, no, that's I true. To that. Like I just, I, like I'm in a horror movie group, and I've seen a bunch of posts in it about people saying The Shining sucks and it's boring. And yeah, like, so there's the the there's like this born too. again thing where people like The Shining was popular for too long, so now people have to hate it. Yeah, yeah. They, they just they don't think for themselves. They don't watch The Shining and say I'm entertained by this. I like this movie. They just you know they get their opinions from idiots on Facebook, and then they go, well, I don't like this movie either, and these are the reasons why. But you, you think you you watched The Shining? You said I like The Shining, so you can you can see when these people are saying stuff on Facebook. Say that's stupid. Well, there's people that are like The Exorcist is sucks and stuff, and it's not scary. Well, what I say with with this is that the time has changed, so I understand that it's not scary because it is kind of funny when you see like her taking the cross and like fucking herself with it and all that stuff like that's well, kind of h- hilarious but you, yeah like when you, everybody's been desensitized by a bunch of extreme violence and shit it goes back to what i was saying in the movie chat different chat group on facebook where it's like people have like a weird sense of like what falls into the horror genre anyway where it's just like Big oh time. if it's just like incredibly violent shit that's a horror movie and it's like not exactly yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> what we were talking regarding criterion i guess yeah mm-hmm. But uh, Chaz, do you want to defend Jurassic Park? No, nah. I well, mean I, I said I set it up when I was talking. Like I could literally change on one of the others, so I'm I'm happy to to put Arnold at the top. 
I don't, I, I don't have I any know. qualms with that. I, I, I do. I do take a, a little, a little bit of offense. Not not offense necessarily, but I, I would argue that Jurassic World is a fine movie objectively. Like it is not. It's a group, fine, it, but it isn't like timeless. It isn't a cultural oh. touchstone. Like Jurassic well, you just versus. said good. Yeah. You didn't say timeless and shit originally. Oh, now you you're moving the goalpost a little. But no. And, uh, and, and honestly, Jurassic, Jurassic World is a good movie. Good movie. The same way that Force Awakens is a good movie. They're like cheating. They're just, give, they're just giving you shit they know you already like. But was Force Awakens a good movie? No. Exactly. But it was a cultural, it was a cinematic event. Now, The Last like, Jedi. Like Barbie. And with that, I think we have an ad. No. <laughs> No, uh, uh, I, I want to say also a disclaimer real quick. I was a huge Jurassic Park kid when it came out. I have a fucking bunch of nostalgia for that movie, too. But uh, mm. having gotten older and, and taste buds changing a little bit, I think Terminator 2 is just better. Well, I, was ne- yeah. I was never a mark for like dinosaurs anyway. Like- I was a huge mark for dinosaurs. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I still am. There's not enough dinosaur video games. I'm still pissed off about that. Yeah, <laughs> Dino Crisis. <laughs> Fuck you, Capcom. <laughs> you piece of shit. Preach, man. <laughs> oh, my God. We have all this technology, and there's no damn dinosaur games. What the fuck? Capcom, take our fucking money. What's wrong with you? Here's Exoprimal. No, you dipshits. We want Dino Crisis. God damn it. <laughs> Isn't there dinosaurs in that or something? Or yeah. Yes. There's no dinosaurs in it. It's just like everybody... Game? They're trying... And well, it, it was also some multiplayer shit. People wanted Dino Crisis. They just and there's a redhead them. protagonist fucking teasing us, you fucks. That's another thing. Yeah. Um, before we get to the ad, I kind of just want to mention this because I did say season one finale. Um, yes. So this is a season finale. What does that mean? So we're going to be going on a little hiatus uh, about like a month-ish. Um, because we are going to be going into recording phase. So live is kind of going to go away. Live is only going to be special. There's going to be special episodes where certain episodes might be live or not. Uh, don't know if that is the case, but I want to take away live and we're just going to be doing recording. Um, and the format is going to not change too much. Uh, it's just going to, uh, change as far as the coming attractions uh I, i'm looking at the google doc right now uh will be reserved for ads or upcoming projects for the uh the big trouble network which you know obviously zach is working on the game and then uh the podcast to surpass metal gear um which andy will be doing will uh come in the coming attractions and you'll see uh trailers for that there if then you have the main cooperates yes and then the main content is going to change a little bit. We're still going to talk about how we usually talk about movies or TV show episodes, but we're going to break it down into three things. Um, one, the highs and the lows, which we kind of talk about now is where, like what is good about it, what's bad about it. Uh, and then two fun facts where we can discuss about behind the scenes or neat facts about the media. So, you know, like when Andy talks about like, Oh, it was in a book or something, or they did it this way behind the scenes, like Stanley Kubrick did it this way, or David Lynch did it this way. That's where we can talk about that stuff. Uh, And three current ranking, me and Zach actually do this on Lost in Nightmares, where we kind of rank stuff uh, after we do an episode. 
Now, you're probably saying, well, the first episode, where can I rank it? You could be ballsy and be like, this movie sucks, and I'm just going to put it last right now. And you could change it down the road if you want to. But I think it would be funny to, or fun to see where we rank it at the end of the episode. You know, every episode until we get to the final episode. Are we? Are we? It sounds like we're we're just like a tier list with extra steps. It sounds like, sounds like you want to pull up Tier Maker and start throwing our, our movies in Tier Maker. No, not really. I don't want to do that. Oh no, I'm I'm real excited. That's that's the project I I want to eventually pull off when I can get the rest of my shit together. But coming soon, we'll see. Coming soon. Happens. That's check out finally, finally a podcast where they mess around with tears. <laughs> yeah. uh, that will be in the coming attractions when uh, I, I have a name. Maybe. I actually came up with a really cool name finally, but uh, I'll save I it for later. Yeah, don't say it because then someone listen and be like, "That's a good name," and I'm gonna steal it, and then you lose oh, it forever. No. Oh no, no, no! I've, I'm saving it. I'll tell you guys off the air. And then we have okay. to death sentence them. Yes, we have to <laughs> fucking Kevin Bacon shave our hair and fucking put in our that uh, son's jet leather jacket and start shooting up a place. Uh, but then the final, uh, it's recognizable, but I just changed the name of it. It's called host credits scene. I'm playing on the words of post credit scenes. It's kind of like the last word. And I will mention in the episode that when we record, this is when we, you know, what the hell we've been watching, playing or doing so that people are just like, Hey, wait a minute. That guy just came out last week and, uh, you're talking about it now. People are going to know that it's recorded and shit. So. Anyone who's listened to this show before knows that uh, we don't exactly play stuff timely, for that matter. Yeah. I'm about to talk about a game that came out in 2003, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so we're going to record the episodes, and they're going to be nicely edited to be a little bit more professional uh, for all podcast services. And I'll do some clips on YouTube pointing you to the podcast services so that we get more traction that way. Uh, yes. So, anyway, I'm going to hit you with an ad, and let's hear from our, you know what, we're just doing a regular ad. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans, if you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day, too if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide, however that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, usually. What the fuck was that? Your sound card just went bad. That's my stylophone. That's my sound blaster. It died. (laughs) Sound blaster 5000. Coming at your ears locally. Sorry. All right. We're in the second half of the show. I've I've assumed my second half of the show position. That's where I lean back and I bring the mic into to to where I'm at. Yes. Last word, uh, which soon will be the the host credit scene. (laughs) So, anyway, this is where we be talking about what the hell we watch it, played or doing, and some news that we're talking about. Uh, which, by the way, news will not be in there because when we talk about it, the news will be fucking old as shit. So, news will be taken out as well uh, when we talk about that. I'll go first. 
I watched Lost Highway for the first time before <laughs> before the recording of this episode. Yeah, dude, that movie is fucking great. Uh, and oh, yeah. Robert Blake, d- dude. I also read up that Robert Blake told David Lynch that that how ha- that's how he's gonna look. He's gonna put the white makeup on, shave his eyebrows and shit. And David Lynch told him, "Now you don't have to act." Because you look creepy already. Very <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, David Pullman's in there as well. Uh, How great is the soundtrack? Bill Pullman, sorry. Oh, yeah, soundtrack's amazing. Soundtrack's amazing. I got a question for you guys. At the end, when he's going down the highway, the lost highway. I'm not going to give you any concrete answers about the end of that movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> do, you, do you think he like gets the electric chair and that's what is kind of happening? That- uh, I, I do think the narrative of the movie is circle instead of a line. I think that's David Lynch's Lynchian bullshit twist. I, well, I think the beginning of the movie is the end of the movie. But yeah, that's why he said, like, he went in the, in the beginning of the movie when he goes to the intercom of the bell. He's like, that mobster guy died and shit. And that's what happens at the end, pretty much. It comes full circle. But man, like, it's such a ride. Like, David Lynch does, he tells a story, but he does it in such a fucking weird way, which people talk about it. And obviously, when people say, can you elaborate on that? No. No. <laughs> People uh, talk about his fucking whatever movie or story for years and years and years, and it never ends. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's one of the because I mentioned before the show, um, I only watched the Twin Peaks movie, uh, and then I'd watch actually Dune. Dune was actually the other movie that I actually watched because uh, I will kill him. Yeah, and <laughs> I will kill him. I will kill him. <laughs> And then I just watch Blue Velvet. I mean, Blue Velvet's like a nice, digestible movie, but it's still Lynchian and strange. It's got Kyle McLaughlin and Laura Dern in it, and uh, 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 who's Frank? It's got Bowser in it. That's right. (laughs) Not not the new Bowser, the old Bowser. (laughs) Yeah, I do want Mulholland Drive because I heard that's another one of his weird movies and shit. Mulholland Drive is fucking awesome. Yeah, Um, Mulholland Drive. Uh, Lost Highway and Inland Empire form a, a, a thematic trilogy. Yeah, Inland Empire's fucking trip too, man. Oh my god, I don't really like Inland Empire much. I it's I understand why somebody wouldn't like it, but uh, I don't know. I do. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's it's got stuff in it to like. It's just I don't like it that much. Though I mean Lost Highway is my favorite though, so I, my my opinions are fucking. Shit. I, I, I just make it. I flip a coin and then oh, this is my favorite one. Oh, look, I like movies, I guess. <laughs> I wish he would tie like his weather <laughs> reports on YouTube. I like movies like, with his movies. <laughs> that, He's hilarious. cheating. He doesn't do you know how he always announced when it was Friday? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. He cheats now. They're all replays and they just cut out the date and oh. someone is posting them for them and they're putting oh, it's it's August whatever 27th, 2023 dot 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 and then it's a video and it starts where he says it's a friday once again they just cut out the date so can you it. believe it <laughs> david lynch is hilarious national treasure have you seen uh uh what did jack do on netflix no. uh, watch it's like it's like 17 minutes long watch that 
I love it. It's so good. People despise it because it's like it doesn't make any sense and they keep waiting for like something to happen. No, what you're seeing is what's supposed to happen. Just watch it. It's great. <laughs> I got okay. Andy, did you see the the third season of Twin Peaks? No, not yet. I even I think Zach, have you seen the third season? Oh yeah. Dude, the fucking I don't even want to say it. the last episode of the third season is kind of like a fuck you to the fans, but it's like so great. <laughs> yeah, I like stuff like that. It's I think really, that's the only I, David Lynch directed thing I've never seen. I don't think that's a necessarily it's a fuck you, but yeah, that's all. It, it's kind of like an analogy. It'd be like, we really don't need the season, so I'm just going to make it. And I don't uh, really think that's what it is. Don't, don't, but, don't yeah. spoil it. It's recent enough that let's not spoil it too much because I, yeah. I do plan to watch it. Sometime this year, maybe October. I don't know. Who knows? Well, you're on a Sopranos kick. I I would say. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I'm trying to wipe out Sopranos right now. Yeah. Um, gaming wise, um, I haven't been doing anything because I've been taking care of like all the the pets and in the house and shit, and kind of like because I don't know if you see on my messy bed that the sheets are fucking peeling off because when I lay in bed, my whole body likes to drag the sheets because I'm a fucking big whale. Uh, but like that binder, I bought a binder cause I'm kind of switch switching my writing to like analog. Cause I feel like trying to type a novel and stuff is so distracting on computers these days because obviously the internet and I know there's apps that you could like drown out all the fucking internet stuff, but like, it's so it's like a fucking drug. Like your brain is like, I need more dopamine, dopamine, please give me it. Turn on the internet browser, see what's happening in the world, and I'm just like, "Fuck you!" And I'm just like, "I'm gonna go do that." <laughs> so, There's something about writing, uh, writing pen to paper, uh, it holds more with you or something. I don't know. There's there's something about that. I, I think it helps you pen. remember what you did more because when I type stuff, yeah. I have to refer back to it. But back when I did my like uh, uh, dungeon master notes pen and paper i would like remember them without having to refer to them that makes mm-hmm. but i also can't read my own handwriting because i'm like a neanderthal so i switched to type two get a typewriter <laughs> i have that problem can't read my hand handwriting and i write like a weird way so it cramps the fuck out of my hand well so. you're you're a doctor no one can read your handwriting you just write an x profession. right yeah. you squiggle stole my yeah. joke percocets <laughs> That's a nice thing, though. Every story I've ever written can be turned in for heroin, so... Basically. <laughs> Riddling. Yeah, I I have the same thing with, like, I get cramps in my hands, but I think, like, once I write a lot, it'll, like, my muscle in my hands will be like, hey, you do this normally. Stop cramping. So hopefully that will happen soon, but, like, I'm like, ow, this hurts. I'm writing words. It fucking hurts my hand. Stop it. Uh, but, yeah, I did that. Um, trying to think what else I watch. I I just been watching a bunch of YouTube stuff. Um, it's a bunch of WWE stuff where it's like just random clips and stuff. I I watched a, a video like Triple H talking about like you know that part where Kurt the the table breaks apart when he's doing the pedigree. And Kurt Angle hits his head on top of the fucking TV monitor. Oh, yeah, oh shit. Or he actually got concussed and he had to, like, get him through the match. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty infamous, yeah. Yeah, he was talking about that and shit. And, like, he's, like, snoring. And <laughs> he's, like, we got to get him on a stretcher and get him out of here kind of thing. So I thought that was 
that was kind of funny. Uh, and yeah, that's all I've done. Not a lot of stuff. Andy, what about you? Um, well, mine's pretty easy. I watched a whole bunch more of The Sopranos. I'm with that, like halfway through season four, or maybe on toward the end of season four. I'm not really. I'm not keeping track. I just kind of watch an episode when I can. Um, played a bunch of Eternal Darkness. I think I spoiled for myself that it's twelve chapters long, and I'm about to begin chapter ten 11. or nine. Fuck nine or ten. I can't remember. Um. And yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I I both love and hate the chapter structure of it because a lot of the times I'll sit down to play it and I'll beat a full chapter, which is what I do pretty much every time I sit down to play it. But sometimes I'm I feel like oh I want to play a little bit more, but I don't want to play a whole chapter's worth more. And I know you can save in the middle of a chapter, but it feels nice to just do a chapter at a time. So that's what I've been yeah. doing. Um, and I spent like more than two hours one evening downloading and figuring out how to get to work up an emulator for the uh, Nokia Engage so I could play old Engage games because there's a Metal Gear that was exclusive to the Engage and I had to play it. And so I did. <laughs> also, I downloaded some other Engage games just because it's like, well, I went through all this trouble. I might as well give them You played the Resident Evil one yet? I downloaded it. I did not try it. I actually played it. It's it's interesting. interesting. Uh, right. Yes. Now, I read up on it a little bit. It said uh, it's worth playing. The Metal Gear one is actually pretty good. And apparently the Star Wars Force Unleashed one is one of the best games on the console. So I downloaded that. Well, um, I, remember, I remember going to Funko Land when they were still around. Um, Funko Land. Yeah. And people were, there was like an N-Gage section in Funko Land. So. Mm. There is an N-Gage section in GameStops. Still? There was. I mean, like, I, I think I remember them phasing it out in, like, 06. I, I played one at an AT&T store once. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Man, we could have had a future where, like, Engage was the shit, and we, we didn't. How much <laughs> are they going for? You mean by the darkest the timeline? No. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they're that much, actually. Because uh, they couldn't be. Some of them have like fucking battery problems and shit. I don't know. I always think like, oh, that's bullshit. No one's going to care about that anymore. But then Virtual Boys are like $350. So I don't fucking know. Who no, knows? it's because it's Nintendo bullshit. That's why. Well, yeah. Also, like the Vectrex is expensive and the um, the Tiger.com uh, is expensive. I, I'm going to blame that on like all the fucking internet videos that have been done that's on it. That's whose fault it is. That Tiger. But like the. the <laughs> Vectrix, I think, is just expensive because it's like a curio. It's also old, and I think a lot of them are just straight up broke. Yeah, they're broken so. old. Uh, the only other thing I did is I also watched a bunch of YouTube and stuff. I'm trying to remember if there was anything worth mentioning. Um, I watched a bunch of The Critic. Do you guys remember that cartoon? The I remember that show, yeah. Yeah, there's a YouTube channel that just like plays the episodes like back to back to back to back, I guess, until someone, awesome. someone strikes them and takes them down. So I just watched a bunch of The Critic. I fucking love that show. It's very funny. Um, and then there's another... I, I guess I started discovering there's these YouTube channels that will just stream stuff as if they were broadcasting it until YouTube does something about it. Another one of them just shows... Um, the uh when Toonami was the midnight run thing they just oh. showed those back to back oh so i sat there and watched like gundam wing tenshi muyo oh, and outlaw star just with, with the 90s commercials still plugged in 
Oh, that's which, awesome. Which that's is very man. nostalgic. I, every time I go, I remember this commercial because I saw all of them 600 times. After, oh, after, that, after that, I actually went down a bit of a rabbit hole just about Outlaw Star. Like, God damn it, that series is so fucking good. I forgot that I uh, I had to go, I had to get in my old CDs and I have the second soundtrack. I was listening to it just on compact disc. They had Venture Bros on YouTube Marathon. That's what I was doing, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, I, that's what started it. I was watching Venture Brothers. Mm-hmm. Huh. So what's weird is that's a thing that's been going on for a while. Like, I've known about like finding random shows that just play 24-7 like that on repeat. And I've known about it for years now, but I've never actually used it for my own benefit. I knew about it yeah. because the child, <laughs> my, my little creature, when we need her to sit still, we're like, here's Peppa Pig 24-7. And it literally just plays the entire catalog of Peppa Pig yeah. until, until they just start it over. And, and that's just what it is. I, I was always like, I'll check, yeah. I'll check on this later. But yeah, now, now I really I cracked the seal, and there's some good shit there. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure it gets get taken down just as often as not. But you know, I, I watched some critic, and then I watched some tsunami. There's there's plenty of stuff there for you. Yeah, venture. It's funny you guys brought up venture brothers too. I I just recently saw something come up on I, I can't remember which app it was, Hulu or. One of the others, Adventure Brothers, came across, and I'm like, man, I haven't watched that in a while. Maybe well, it's because they that. just released the final. Mm-hmm. Th- they made a movie, a movie to finish the whole series. Series. Oh, okay. That's what, like the the yeah. Venture Brothers stream was official. That's Adult Swim doing that. Oh, okay. And they're doing gotcha. it to promote. It's a straight to DVD, straight to Blu-ray release of Venture Brothers. Radiant is the blood of the baboon heart. I guess it finishes the whole thing. They, uh, <laughs> what a great name. Adult Swim decided to do this really cool thing where they're actually going to like finish some of the series they started 15 years ago. So there's that. And then um, sometime in the next year or so, a movie's going to come out that's going to conclude the Metalocalypse story, too. I'm looking forward oh, to it. Oh, that's good. I, I need that. I need, I need to know what how Squidbillies ended. They're touring, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Death Clock's touring. Yeah, and I tell you what, that's a shout out. If you ever need something, to just be like, "What the fuck did I just watch? Watch, watch a little bit of Squid Billies." I still, show. I still all the time tell people at work working with me, fire and ice. Working with me, fire and ice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I've actually seen uh, Death Clock live though. Come to think of it, yeah, just to, they're coming to Orlando just, in November. Oh, that's probably a pretty sick concert. Yeah, I, I forgot who they're. Touring with, uh, I'll, I'll check later. Some uh, losers, I'm sure. I don't know. I saw him with Mastodon, and Mastodon ruled. Oh, Mastodon's such a good being live. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, that's uh, it. Were you up to in Sopranos? Um, the last thing that happened is I watched the beginning of an episode and then and then backed out. Polly just got out of jail. Okay. He was in jail because he got picked up because of the sports betting around the Super Bowl at the end of the third season. Okay. And I can't remember what else happened. Um, Did you mix the ketchup with the relish? Yeah. No, that that's one of the best episodes of the whole damn show. I fucking love that episode. That's it, toward the end of season three, I think. But yeah, Christopher and Paulie have to take this Russian guy out to the Pine Barrens in the middle of winter in New Jersey to kill him. It turns out he used to be like Spetsnaz and killed like a bunch of Chechen soldiers at some point. So he like gives him the slip and runs off into the woods in his underwear. And they are trying to find him, even though it looks like Paulie shot him in the back of the head and he's bleeding, but they still can't find him. And then they get lost and they have to spend the night in like an old cable repair van. And they find like, 
a bag from a fast food place that has ketchup and relish in it, and they they just suck it right out of the things because they're starving and freezing to death. It's, it's very <laughs> as you can tell, it's hilarious. <laughs> that sounds funny. It's, it's uh, very. Is Chris high yet and making like scripts for yes. movies? Okay. Christopher, I, I, I really want to talk to someone about the Sopranos. So we're going to do a little bit of it so I can get my, my micro dose of Sopranos conversation. Every storyline that Christopher gets involved in, I go, this is a horrible idea. This is not going to end the way he wants it to end. He's like the most star crossed character in the whole goddamn show. Everything, everything that he tries to get into goes badly. And now he's like hooked on heroin and. His wife is a major spoiler, I guess. But the movie came, or the movie, the series came out years ago. His wife has been um, picked up by the FBI. So. Yes. Okay. I was about to say, did Andriana like talk yeah. to the FBI yet? Okay. So that that just started. Like she doesn't want to, but they're like forcing her to. And then like everything else that has happened, like they tried to like produce music, and he tried like when he got made. He didn't have the sports money for Polly, and Polly kind of had to be a dick to him. And it's like, well, no, what did you think would fucking happen, Christopher? God damn it. That character pisses me off so much because I like him a lot, but everything he does is like, why are you doing this? This is going to end poorly. And then it always ends poorly. <laughs> yeah, wait. I, just wait. I, don't, don't spoil it for me. I'm working on it. I, okay. Maybe even by next week, I'll be done, I think. Okay. But that that's it. I watched a bunch of Sopranos and fucking YouTube shit and played engage games for no reason at all. All right, taking bacon. It's your turn. It's my turn. Okay, it's my turn. <clears throat> uh, I watched uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark because uh, my brother hadn't ever really seen it, so he watched it. Um, that was a good time movies. to watch that. Yeah. Uh, he showed me a little bit of this uh, American Gladiators documentary on Netflix called Muscles and Mayhem. <laughs> uh, that fucking show, the way it started off, is like bizarre. Like it literally starts like some guy who was like an Elvis impersonator and a TV executive was just like, Oh man, I got this idea for the show, American Gladiators. And then it's like, What's the show about? I don't know, I just got a name. It's it's a good name. And it's like <laughs> I'm not kidding. And, and then they had to like come up and it's like, Well, it'll be like a game show with like regular people against I don't know, fucking athletes. I got a guy who was a football player who recently retired because he tore his Achilles tendon. He couldn't play football anymore. And he was oh like the first God. American gladiator. Uh, and uh, it was just like, you know, fucking nobodies or like, well, well actually it was random stunt people out in LA. Um, and they were doing like stupid games because at first they just had no idea how to put this show together. Like I'm talking about when they did the pilot in like 1987. <laughs> uh, and like, it was like dumb shit. Like they put a bunch of like styrofoam shapes on like a trampoline and it was like somebody jumps up and down on trampoline. You try to collect all the shapes like somebody on the floor does. And it's like they're hoisted up like on a harness and they keep like running them into the trampoline, like pendulum style. Like they have to keep going in and out and grab it. It's like, who the that fuck? sounds more like double dare. Yeah. It's like weird yeah. double dare shit. <laughs> like, it's just... That's yeah. What you were describing, I was thinking that it's like, th to be fair though, that sets the stage. Like, nothing looks more early 90s than the actual set of American Gladiators or, like, Double Dare or Guts. Guts, yeah, baby. Guts. Like, if you see the those... Agro Crag. Like, That's what, yeah. yeah. Agro Crag. Fun damn. fact, I was almost a contestant on the Hidden of the Lost Temple. I was almost... Hidden Temple. Another yeah. fun fact, you've mentioned temple. that on the show before. 
Did I? Were you going to be a part of the? It was. It was like two hundred episodes ago, though. (laughs) (laughs) So if it helps, so we can we can tie it together. I've met the host. He is in my fraternity. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I met him at like a regional conference. Six degrees of chance. Is he still wearing those shorts? Degrees of chance bacon. No, he he didn't wear the cargo shorts. He's kind of an (laughs) asshole. Were you going to be a member of the Silver Jaguars? No, they were silver. I thought they were silver monkeys. Ah, whatever. I fucking who cares. Anyway, yeah. I thought, I, thought, I thought they were all alliteration. Yeah, no, silver snakes, silver yeah. snakes. Yeah, silver snakes, blue barracudas, orange iguanas. Which that was yeah, not. they were all alliteration. Red jaguars. That's not I was gonna uppercut one of the fucking natives when they were tra- when I was trying to put the fucking the tiger monkey together. uppercuts. Yeah, Let's go. The, t- the tiger uppercuts. <laughs> But no, I'm gonna I'm, I might watch more of that documentary. It was kind of interesting, and I, I remember like you know randomly seeing American Gladiators on TV when I was a kid. I'm like, this is cool. That guy mm. got fucking wiped out by like a giant Q-tip. Like, hey, well, yeah, look at that guy. It's a wrestler. It's like a giant hamster wheel. No, yeah, yeah, it's like some big wrestler motherfucker is like killing this stupid nerd with like a giant Nerf Q-tip. It was it was fucking cool. Three minutes. <laughs> I always love to because there's always like the end boss guy you had to play. I think Nitro was his name. Because mm-hmm. anytime they, they were like, you have to go against Nitro, and he's just like said, than everyone else. <laughs> it was like a Mortal Kombat character or like somebody from Killer Instinct. Glacier, uh, laser, yeah. Fulgore. but uh uh black orchid no uh but uh anyway i also watched some more of uh the the castlevania retrospective i've been uh kind of hammering away at um I, I still have it open in a tab. I'm gonna watch it eventually. I just I'm yeah, always it, like, yeah, I'm just, it's yeah good. so it's like is this like the seven hour like lengthy game retrospective of Castlevania? Yeah, good because yeah. I'm gonna talk about it because I watched all of it. Oh red. Well I got yeah, up to sweet. uh the point of where he just finished talking about Portrait of Ruin. Uh so okay. that's where I stopped at. I'm like two thirds of the way through this thing now. Uh not much uh, there's not really a whole lot much else to say uh, after like in my like I don't know, without getting into, like, the whole thing, really. Other than it's kind of interesting how they kept, like, starting and stopping and having, like, this really weird chaotic development cycle where they're like, well, it always bothered me how, like, Symphony of Night was, like, a really successful game. And because of, like, the stupid attitudes in the industry about, like, 2D games at the time, they're just like, well, we can never make another one of these unless it's on a stupid handheld. Why? Doesn't make any sense. God damn it. And then, and it's like today now, like the ground is like fertile for, for something like that. To like they they kept it. fucking around with it too. Cause they were finally like, you know what? We'll make one on the Xbox 360 and the PS3. Oh, but it's and, four player co-op only. It's like, well, it's, fuck you then. And it's just a bunch yeah. of like asset recycling. Yeah. It's too. just like a bunch of bullshit. Like they just reused it all. And they didn't write a story. God damn it. <laughs> that bought, that made me mad too. I was like, God damn it guys. It's like, but I want them. It struck me a couple. I think, struck me when i was watching this i was like ground's absolutely fertile for like a console cast 2d castlevania in my opinion it's a shadow three um or Mm, i know i'm not i'm not a i'm not a soulsian guy yet but i I really feel like the the they need to try to do a castlevania souls like i think that, that that should be the thing they need to stab at for some reason that just keeps like that's the Claw. thing you need to dodge roll at. They, they need to dodge roll. You need to be a Belmont who's like uh, going to die almost all the fucking time because that's like the that's like the current gameplay uh, uh, 
design. I, mean, I don't know what. Dark Souls is already modern, almost that tone. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Is it not just like the modern engine version of what a retro Castlevania game is? Exactly. Like everything because... can basically kill you, and but it's very rewarding to play. It's like yes. it's tough but fair. I, I, I I'm going to get into this too, talking about it. But I watch a great video on like the difference between hard and challenging. Like hard yeah, for the sake of hard versus challenging for the reason it's there. It's, it, it was a very good video. Some, was, some of those uh, old Castlevanias are not fair, but yeah. <laughs> and this wasn't. This video wasn't about Castlevania. It was a different. But like this was a, more just about challenging things or like what makes a, a boss fight like the way it needs to be. And it, it was kind of tied to like the theme of I don't get why Dark Souls games are popular and then this person played it and they yeah. realized. I get it now for this reason and stuff like that. So is uh, a cool video. Is From Software a publisher or a dev? Dev. Dev. dev? Konami yes. needs to hire From From Software to do a Castlevania Souls like game. There you do go. It. That'd be cool. Yep. But uh, be sweet. like I don't know. It's got me into the 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 mood to play this more of the series again. Like after kind of being away from it for a while. Those things will do that oh, to you. Me and you uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> like like, like uh, I said last week, I watched that Ace Combat one, and then now that's all I can think about. Like now I'm bidding on the game. I'm like, I'm like God damn, I want to play all these other Castlevania games. But uh, I got Castlevania Requiem on uh, PS4 because I kept forgetting to buy it. And I was like, I need a physical copy of Rondo of Blood I can play whenever I don't have one. And I'm always I have it worried. on the PC engine. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Lucky you. Uh, but like now, I have it for PS4 at least, so I feel. Good Symphony about that. of the Night um, on Switch. Can I play it on Switch? Uh, no. no, no. Is it not? That, are those collections not on there? Oh Requiem. yeah, it is. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the Castlevania collections on there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, does it have Symphony on it? Uh, yeah, it has Symphony. Uh, it doesn't have Rondo. It has it has everything, but uh, there was one of them I skipped because I like owned all the games in it. Yeah, you can have. Uh, actually, you know what? You're right. I don't know if that does have Symphony on it. I didn't think that it did. They're probably uh, like, oh, we can sell that separately. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like Symphony's the only one. That's, uh, Symphony and Rondo are separate, but you can get the uh, the Castlevania Advance. So that's Circle, uh, Aria. That Dawn. just came out. Yeah, and that, yeah, that just came out like a year ago, and then uh, yeah, it's uh, not on there. And then the yeah, other but, one just has all the retro games, but it doesn't have Rondo and it doesn't have um, it doesn't have Symphony. Yeah, Red yeah. Queen's only for play PS4 Rondo. and play Xbox. Play four, play one. Yeah. Yeah, it has uh, Castlevania, Simon's Quest, Dracula's Curse, Super Castlevania, uh, four. Sorry, <laughs> Roman but, uh, uh Yeah, uh, I'm gonna probably buy the Castlevania collection for a couple things. Like, I don't have Kid Dracula, and it's like, a stupid, expensive game anymore. And mm-hmm. It's got the Japanese version of Castlevania 3. Speaking of games that are just unfair, the American version, the Western release version of it is just unfair. I'm really annoyed that I'm going to buy those collections for reasons like that. Like, I don't have Kid Dracula, but I have, like, everything else in it. And, like, the Advanced Collection, I have two of them, but not the other one. Well, I I know I'm going to be stupid. The Japanese version of Castlevania 3 will also have the, the badass music. That's true. That's so, actually yeah. I don't own Castlevania three on the NES, even though I've passed it up multiple times because I've always said oh, I'd rather I'm going to buy a Famicom cart and use an adapter to do it, and I never yeah. did that. And now Something it's expensive like even to import. It's one of those exceptions that's like actually expensive even in Japan. I tried to see if anybody was doing like reproductions of it, and no, it's really? weird. I'm surprised yeah. by that. Oh, Pegasus has that weird ass chip. It has that sound chip, and if you do a reproduction, it's going to cost more. 
Yeah. Maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, they, I mean, they can probably emulate that chip, though. I don't know. That, some of that stuff's over my head. It's a little weird, yeah. It, it seemed like nobody really ever figured it out. Uh, I'm still playing Tactics Ogre. I'm in the fourth chapter. I'm in the home stretch of the game now. Yay. But I just discovered that because <clears throat> uh, there's like characters you can recruit like like that are part of the story yeah, and some of them you can't yeah, yeah it's like that but like like think final fantasy tactics but there's like four times as many characters as you can recruit sweet <laughs> and uh no it's not quite like sweet but oh, yeah <laughs> but Back it's it off. We're right in the middle then <laughs> it's approaching that this was a super nintendo game originally though oh yeah <laughs> so it was the sweet coding of its day uh but it's funny because there's a lot of replay value in this game where like you can choose different paths like your character takes and it affects the story there's like a lawful a neutral and a chaotic path and each one will like determine like what kind of characters you can recruit and like kind of what direction the story takes uh i ended up going on the chaotic path uh mostly because I just don't agree with any of the power structures in the, that are presented in this world. Everybody's just like a bunch of fucking assholes and shit. And I, and I hate them. Sounds like Final so, Fantasy Tactics more and more. <laughs> well, Final Fantasy Ta- Well, that's the thing is I'm still, I'm kind of waiting on the other shooter drop in this narrative. I'm not going to get into it too much, I guess, until I actually finish the game. Uh, but like, I'm waiting for this reveal to reveal like why everybody's so craven and power hungry. And like, I don't know that it'll ever happen. I kind of feel like it's one of those stories where, like people are just naturally assholes, I guess. I don't know. And you said uh, you're in the fourth and final chapter of the game. Yeah. Okay. But like, I, I, I was looking at it. There's like a fucking flow chart for how to like recruit characters in this game. That's how complex it gets. Uh, and I'm thinking about like, I'm at this crossroads where I'm trying to consider like, am I going to try to get some of these hardened characters that are not? Uh, I don't know. I do want to get a lich, which I know involves a very lengthy process to be able to create a lich and have them in your party. Mm. But it's like, God damn it, I have a lich in my party. Usually it's worth it. I, I hate to keep comparing it to Final Fantasy Tactics, but that's that's my point of reference. But I remember being a pain in the ass to get uh, what are, the, the math sorcerer. And yeah. they fucking own that game. So, like, sometimes it's worth it. Sometimes it's worth the effort. Yeah, weren't they just called Mathematician or something? Or yeah, something like, like that. I, 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 always, I always said Math Wizard. Math <laughs> Wizard. It sounds like something you'd use in the computer lab in third grade. But Yeah. Math uh, Blaster. <laughs> Still cool, though. Um, also, I, I finished a comic book. I finished uh, Black Widow Death Duty. It was like a one-shot that came out in the mid-90s. Uh, it was just a fun little, you know, espionage romp where uh, I think it used like a legacy character or something from like earlier in Marvel's history. Seems like Blackbird or something. He's like, kind of reminds me of Rorschach or something. He's just like a guy who like wears a mask. Except he fucking shoots people and shit. Rorschach didn't shoot anybody. You're locked in with me. Sorry. But, uh, <laughs> uh, it was pretty cool though. Uh, not much to really say talking about it. It's just, if you like that character, you like that kind of stories, you'll, you'll like that look. Um, that's pretty much all I did. There, you, there it is. I haven't bought Isom 2 yet. Uh, uh, me, me either. Oh, I read Isom. I forgot to mention that like a week ago. <laughs> what, did you buy it? No. <laughs> no, you stole from him. <laughs> Damn. Uh, we'll have to talk about it sometime. I, I don't. Have, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I guess. 
Well, I'm still I'm still be interested to get your opinion because you're like I consider you an outsider on this. Part of my opinion has been very tainted, so. Huh. Yeah. I had to look up the I had to look up the name for the the math wizard who was bother, bothering me. Arithmetician, Arithmetician, also known as the calculator. Calculator, that's what it was. Calculator, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll bet you it's called the other one in the, the PSP version because the PSP version they fucking renamed everything. I hate it. I hate the PSP version. I I, I respect what they tried to do. But they tried too hard. They exactly like they, they they should have they should have got like a little ways into it and realized oh we're ruining the tone of this game. The, the mm. calculator that seems too funny to me as a name that sounds like the title of a movie that's parodying the Ben Affleck movie we were talking about. That's earlier. what I was See gonna it? say. It <laughs> the like calculator, some autistic assassin, or some shit. And, and and someone's like, "Are you sure you could do this?" And he's like, "You can count on it." <laughs> like that would be the line. <laughs> I've assessed all the risks. The bad guy should be the Steiner math bad guy. Yeah, no, that's, that would be the thing. Is like he's like, oh, looking at the bomb, and he's like, we did the math. Let me tell you something about math. You see, Samoa Jones. <laughs> I see you in sacrifice. Samoa Joe knows. Anyway. Oh Wong, man. Wong Daddy Chaz, what the hell have you been watching? Playing or doing? Yeah. So. Uh, so, as you can see, the room looks different. I've officially moved. Um, and with In that, I, yeah, no, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you'll have our, our green screen ready yet, it's where we can yell "Death to America." Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> that's right, like fucked up and like stupid to say. Uh, anyway, uh, so. In moving, of course, there's the packing and the unpacking process. I've had a lot of downtime to, like, well, not really downtime, but just every little second that I had between working, I've had to, like, spend time packing. So I went down a deep well. Uh, I'd listened to that Insane Lore Street Fighter, and that's and I hadn't finished it when we were on the last week's episode. And it was good. I, I finished it, and then I watched the Insane Lore of Tekken right after that, and... Yeah, the guy wasn't kidding. Like, don't get me wrong, the Street Fighter lore is insane, but it's not dear God, insane. the like Tekken is fucking crazy. It's That's just the a, one I want to see. That sounds interesting. I mean, yeah, the main one of the main stories is some dude throwing his son off a mountain into a volcano. That's, that's, bullshit. that's what I know. I want to know what I don't know. You know what I mean? That's that's the, the start of the series. That's yeah, right. it's not even that. It's like a random thing. It's like you know, that's how it all began. So, uh, and then the, it's like retcon in, in like three different ways or some nonsense. Uh, that story is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, is there one about make... the Guilty Gear story? Uh, I no, not yet. Uh, oh, there, <laughs> he, the guy hasn't covered Guilty Gear. The same person at least hasn't covered Guilty Gear, and he hasn't covered um, Mortal Kombat. That's there's what a, I want to see. There's a six-hour video of I think it's Ben Saint just in front of a dry erase board trying to explain the full story of Guilty Gear and it is like feverishly insane. Like it's, it's just it is, absolutely yeah. bonkers ridiculous. And I love Oh, it. I I wouldn't <laughs> not at all. Yeah, the Guilty Gear series is absolutely nuts. Yeah. So uh but from there I went down a deep well and I wish I could go back and tell you all the names of the different ones I like because I watched various ones. Um and some of them I'd got a little like I'd get like a couple minutes into it and like, oh this is kind of trash, move on, but I'd just find another one of a series I wanted to hear about while I was just Packing shit up because I wanted to listen, and I wasn't gonna. I wanted to learn things I don't need to know that I want to know. 
rather than like I like I'd swap out and like listen to lecture series or something and then I would switch to this. So um I did listen to the the stupid long Castlevania, as we talked about. It was very good. I, I don't want to get too much into it. Maybe we can talk another time after the end of it. Uh, it was definitely good to hear. A lot of the themes you'd already talked about were there. Um, but uh, you actually, because you said portrait was what you would stop at, I would say like some of the best assessments uh, are yet to come, like evaluations of things. Um, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I would uh, just look forward to listening to that. What uh, even is there after Order of Ecclesia? Isn't it just the Lord's Shadow games? So there's for there's portrait the... the he the way he covered them he like, did them in a mixed bag like because these games are all made like it, like he said the studios were split in some weird way so you had all these these games uh, you had all the like, Ega games coming out on Game Boy. Uh, series and then you also had the 3D era games that started to come out at the same time because you had the PlayStation 2 games you had Lament of Innocence and uh, Curse of Darkness those are so, good games too though is the thing they they are but it's still like a different team right like it's like they're separated in a weird way uh, that's strange uh, and it is kind of sad that Curse of Darkness is the last like true Ega game but it is what it is but uh they, he covers that next, and then he goes on to Words of Shadow, and then he covers, uh, like, that series, which I think is, is pretty interesting. Um, I have a soft spot. I think I've talked about it on the show before, about Curse of Darkness. Curse of Darkness is, is like, my ideal, like, 6 out of 10 game. It is like... I can't hey, want to play it. I'm not going to lie. That, <laughs> that, game, that game is so good and so bad at the same time. Like, there are so many things that are wrong with it, but despite its flaws, it's such a great game. For so many of the things that it does. So um, that said, I, I yeah, I definitely recommend it. Uh, but uh, I really enjoyed listening to the entire retrospective, though. It was interesting to learn that history and like so many of the people that are important to the like why Castlevania is what it is and uh, and why it survived and continued and thrived. Um, like those same people just got screwed in so many ways by just the other customs of of just that industry was just weird um and then i listened i'd say that was definitely like the probably the best of the retrospectives because it covered so much both within the game and the the gameplay and explaining mechanics uh especially explaining the story uh and some of the like the little details that could be missed about the stories um but uh but also covering the, the, the behind the scenes stuff the other ones i watched more like were very like superficial or covered like lower based stuff but they didn't go as much into like the actual development or behind the scenes process uh but i watched one on like trying to explain the war of kingdom hearts because i thought oh this would be funny because that's like the most convoluted story it still is the most convoluted fucking story ever um i found one that was about dark souls and then that led me to find the one that was about like the perfect boss fight like what makes the elements of a perfect boss fight uh, and that was a cool thing to hear if someone tries to explain it. And like, I think the guy did a really good job of, he narrates how he was able to defeat a, uh, boss. Uh, actually it was really funny. The guy's got like great comedic timing when he's telling the story. So he starts talking about Elden Ring and he fucked up an Elden Ring because he, he didn't realize that, that the person he's talking to that, says something about being maidenless and he's like fuck you fuck monogamy and he says no and it's the person you need to level up so he got so pissed that he quit and it was like well i was tired of this game so i wanted a real challenge so 
I, I tried dark I tried Demon Souls and then it shows a picture of him just getting his ass beat like in the first run of like the, the <laughs> stage and he goes, I'm done with this. So I played Dark Souls three. <laughs> the easiest one uh but he goes on about how uh like one of the boss fights in that game is that's more memorable and uh and like explains how like it he just kept doing it it was almost like a fever like he had he had to fight through it and then he he finally understood why at the end uh like why people were into it and it, it was a good a good thing to hear like as far as um a good way to explain to someone who maybe doesn't get that side of it, if they've never played one. I'm not saying, like, it's the best thing ever, but there's a reason for some of it to be that way. And also, like, the difference between what makes a game unnecessarily hard versus what makes it challenging. Because something is challenging, but you can learn from it and learn how to overcome it is is better than something that's just hard for sake of... Like, something that's almost bugged to just be difficult for no reason other than to be that way. So Yeah, I've always uh, thought Souls challenging, but hard is like a bullet hell. It's just like... Yeah, it just is. I fucking hate those games. <laughs> yeah, that's like something we'll talk about some point later. Is like, oh, you genre you not like, and it's like that's one of mine. Is I don't like shmups, especially bullet hells. I have yeah. some answers to that question too, but I'll hold my tongue. Yeah, I take it or leave it for certain ones. But anyway, I uh, I watched uh, the same guy that did that video um, did one about all the Spider Man games. Uh, which was fun to watch, and I learned how. Listen to his theory why 9/11 ruined the second Spider-Man game on the PlayStation One in her electro. And it's actually like he explained it. And I was like, oh, that makes way more sense. That game had a very specific sequence where you were supposed to have a major like climactic fight on top of the twin towers, and they were going to feature it. And then 9/11 happened, and they had to go, oh shit! And they had to like find a way to render out the towers and do all this stuff to it. And it kind of fucked the game up. Hmm. <laughs> and it fucked the ending to the game. Uh, it was the first one. Oh. Yeah, I know. It's definitely not. It was like, well, it's like, I don't think it ruined the whole thing, but I, it definitely like caused some problems. But yeah, it was interesting to, to hear uh, that. That guy's, again, the comedic timing is pretty hilarious. Um, I watched one on Mortal Kombat lore, which was interesting. And then, um, and then, and part of that was also because uh, the beta for Mortal Kombat 1 was out this weekend. It's closed now, but I have a chance to play it. Um, I'm I'm a little torn on, on the game. Um, I didn't get to play too, too much just because of the move. Um, but what I did get to play, um, the movement feels so different. It almost feels, and maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe it's because I've been playing Street Fighter and it moves... And, uh, and Guilty Gear. Whew, sorry. I've been playing Guilty Gear as well. And those games move much more. Um, they're much faster and more deliberate. And uh, Mortal Kombat 1's pacing moves. It, it, there's very very fluid movement. Um, the uh, cameo assist system seems fine. Just hadn't kind of figured out what combination of things I like there. But uh, yeah, some of the characters were cool so far. Some neat things to see there. Um, I played in a Street Fighter six weekly event and got top eight. Uh, it's, it was actually kind of cool to see that we had so many people. We ended up with over 20 people there, and I, I ended up getting um, like tying for fifth place. I got knocked out in the quarter before quarterfinals. That was the joke with the modern Geef thing. 
like a bunch of people. I, I hadn't had a chance to really play around with others. And actually, I, I didn't realize we were, I thought we were doing brackets or not brackets, but a uh, round robin first, like pools. And then after that, then you would play your bracket so you couldn't get knocked out. So I was like dicking around playing and I lost another guy in a round. They get, oh, we had fun. I played a different character because I was playing around with JP and stuff. And then they were like, oh, okay, well, you can only lose one more. And I'm like, fuck. Uh, what? So I was like, well, I better switch over and like, actually play the character I know how to play. And, uh, what a while. But, uh, there was like a crew of like two or three people that showed up just playing modern Zangief. But the trick was is they knew how to play Zangief. So they were only playing it that way to deliberately have that like one button input when they needed it. But otherwise, they would do the inputs like the regular way. Um, and the one guy ended up winning the whole event that way. Like, he pissed off a bunch of people. It was really funny. It's kind of a troll. Uh, but we don't have to go there shouting at clouds of, oh, modern controls, whatever. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm still watching Bleach, another episode of the new series that came out. Um, got some more of my, finished opening my Obsidian Flames cards. And then Disney Warcana just dropped, which is the new TCG from Disney. Um, God, I hate that I'm actually talking about this. So, uh, hear me out. So, I I went to the, the weekly event thing that, I, uh, that I've been going to for fighting games. And the, the store there, they had some Warcana stuff. Because uh, they were about to do their big event for, like, teaching how to play. They did their big pre-release event this past weekend. And they weren't going to... They were only going to have so many items. And the, the owner of the store was like super nice. I was like, Hey, you've helped out with a lot of the stuff and organizing it and, and, and everything. So, um, I know you're not going to have a chance to come because you're moving. So they gave me a chance to, to get some stuff. Like I got like one thing for like, you know, discounted price, whatever. Long story short, I ended up getting a starter deck and, um, a couple of packs and we, and Evie and I opened them and we liked the art. It was cool. So then I thought, well, I've opened these. I, maybe I'll look into how to play in the game is so fucking fun. <laughs> and now I'm really worried because are, it's are people actually... going to actually play it or are they just going to collect all the, the cards though? Yes. <laughs> okay. uh, but so that's a, that's the aspect that might make it actually stick around. And I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. Maybe they got to make more product and make it more available because right now it's being gouged to shit, but it's not actually available in a mass retail yet. They actually intentionally only allowed local, uh, uh, shops to sell it first and have it for pre-release and gave them first dibs on product and then the second wave is when they're going to have mass retail uh, have it that being said people are like price gouging the bejesus out of it um, right now which is making it difficult to find but the game plays like a simpler like easier to follow version of magic but there are elements of how it plays that like make it more flexible than magic in like the best way like I, I don't know how to describe it it's almost like everything that's good about playing magic is in the game but the things that make magic frustrating are not there hmm. and it's so interesting in terms of how it plays um it's it's a very fun game to play um yeah i've been, i've enjoyed it like playing a lot there's actually a uh, a digital free version you can download right now called pixelborn that a lot of people have been using to play test uh decks and stuff and whatnot um, and I played a couple of games on that to see how it was. It, it is, it's a lot of fun. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to get into it more or not. Um, it looks like there's a lot of support. I guess the weekend thing where they did a teach to play, 
their their store had like 50 plus people there to just play so it sounds like it's definitely got a following i just as far as like once it comes out if people are going to regularly play or not it's a whole different story mm-hmm. um i don't know um but yeah there's all that was interesting um, more to follow and come on that but um i think i think that was really it oh i don't know if i mentioned uh yeah just over the course of two days just because i had nothing else that was going on and i was like still like just diddling around just putting stuff away as i unpack i watched the newest mortal Kombat movie it was more than just played in passing that movie's so funny because the only thing that's really good about that movie is the very beginning the opening part of that movie is really good and the ending is somewhat good not quite as good as the first uh encounter uh where scorpion's there and then in between there's like little bits that are fine like cabal and kano being on screen and that's about it mm-hmm. everything else about that movie is kind of meant to outright why did you do that yep but when your best fucking character is kano the fucking uh like enemy like you got a problem. <laughs> no, the best character was Kung Lao, and they fucking killed him. It pissed me off. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I didn't like they killed Kung Lao. They made him like kind of like a uh, an asshole, which I liked. Uh, yeah, but they killed him off. But it, it does lead to the funniest thing in the whole movie, right? Kano's got or not Cabal's got Liu Kang, and they hear the screaming, and he's like, "Oh, he's a that's the sound of how's he say? Oh, he's about to have his soul sucked." <laughs> Suck pole. All right. Well, let's let's uh talk about the news. I kind of want to get this out of the way because it annoyed me. Um, but fucking, you have people everywhere, even on YouTube, that are talking about Starfield's menu system. And like judging the game off of a menu system. People are actually saying that because the menu system is so simple, meaning a, a background of whatever, like a looping video and, you know, the actual menu, of like play game options and all that stuff are fucking the, the game shit. I mean, because of the menu is so plain, it's going to be shit. That's so. fucking dumb. Why yeah. are you taking the bait? They're just like there's there's no way that matters. I just think it's retarded that these people are still doing console wars and still trying to like one up each other. Like back in the day, like our one up was like better than what's happening right now. Like they're yeah, like there was nitpick. actually shit at stake back then. Yeah, it's like nitpicking at this. There point. were lives on the line. What <laughs> people fucking died. <laughs> <laughs> We lost good men. <laughs> but like they they have to th- be thinking like what I'm saying right now is retarded. But I know people are going to get pissed off probably like me and be like, you know, they're going to make money off of it or whatever social media website that they're doing. I can't imagine you getting pissed off at uh, video game news <laughs> about a game that's not even out yet. Hey, what else is in the news this week? <laughs> Metal Gear. So yeah, I I, I also want to like I'm gonna let you handle the news on the Metal Gear, but the misinformation on fucking the internet is wild, dude. Like yeah, it was that was the thing. Yeah, it was like it was a bunch of misinformation. It turned out. So. Oh, did you did you read the whole thing about how if you get the collection and you got the COVID vaccine, it it'll burn the 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 television and your retinas will will not work anymore. 
Did you hear about that? No. That, you you said the right thing. Did you read it? The answer yeah. is no. No one did. No one read. <laughs> like uh, you got to read the article. Go read. <laughs> well, me, People just let, read a headline and they go, "I'm fucking pissed off about that 720p. This bullshit. It's gonna look like a goddamn Tiger Engage. It's stupid <laughs> bullshit. I'm not gonna play that game." That game came out on the PlayStation. It's going to be on the 360 or the Xbox Superbox now. It should look amazing. No. No. It's no. It's not a remake. It's not a remake at all game. And then if they were like, oh, they're taking out content. They're taking stuff away. No. Also wrong. Also misreporting. What mm. they said is that it's going to have a, a, a disclaimer at the beginning, which is it's still kind of bullshit, but it's not going to affect the game. It's going to say, look, there's some outdated ideas in these games we're presenting the games as the creators intended but just know that these games are a product of their time and blah 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 which perfectly fine and there is something they're replacing do you remember when all the games were delisted from the uh digital storefront the history yeah the historical footage mm -hmm. they uh they could not get the rights to some of those pieces of footage again it's not a money issue it's because the the uh, organizations that license that historical footage literally no longer exist so konami cannot find them to give money to so they've replaced like six of the little short like you know like when the darpa chief is telling you about the you know nuclear proliferation and there's like some clips of like some missiles in a field somewhere like a couple of those clips got replaced you know what i would like actually give konami points if they took microsoft paint and just fucking like drew out the scenes of <laughs> historical facts and stuff i'd buy that for a dollar i don't know, just like like you said stuff was misreported people just read headlines and then immediately jumped on uh x twitter and read it and started whining and this coming from me, I don't even know if I'm going to buy that yet because I still think everyone has a really short memory about like how shitty of a company they were a few years ago. But we'll wait and see. I just want it on the Switch so that I could like shit and play Metal Gear. Yeah, I'm I'm down to play Metal Gear like on the on the move, whatever. That's mm -hmm. cool, I guess. Can't do it. I'm Dave. I'm in David Lynch mode for those games. Unless no. it's, uh, I can maybe play the first one in like you know, on handheld mode. I can't play two and three like that. Sorry. <laughs> mm. uh, also, uh, the Integral. Uh, we are getting Metal Gear Solid Integral in that collection, too, which is kind of yeah, cool. because that, That's the thing. They've actually improved it a lot, too. It's the Blue Point um, ports from the HD collection, but they yeah. fixed a bunch of stuff. Like the laser sight works again in Metal Gear Solid 2. Good paddle. Well, I didn't know it didn't work. Yeah, it was like screwed up in some parts of the game in huh. the HD collection, but the game's still playable. Like it's still fine because you just kind of get used to it. But they fixed it. So well, use your irons. You don't need fucking laser sight. That's yeah, a baby's toy. Instead of instead of just <laughs> doing the lazy thing and porting the HD collection over, they're actually working on it and doing stuff. That's cool. And all like like Zach said, they also added integral and uh, the games that play in standard definition, you're going to have the option to add like borders and stuff. <laughs> I, I like when collections do that. I don't do it. I, don't, I like the black borders. I just like knowing it's there. I want the game in its original intended presentation. Like when you play the MSX games, they'll be in four by three and you can put shit on the sides if you want or not. And you can also make it left and right justified, which is really good for streamers because you can make it one or the other justified and then you move the screen to hide the black part and then you have all your stupid graphics or follow me on 
fucking blue sky on the side. So I don't know. It sounds like they put a lot of work into it, and a lot of people are jumping the gun because they just want something to be pissed off about. And a lot of people are mad. very passionate about Metal Gear. I know because I'm one of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I don't know. Just, I, a bunch of people just jump the gun. You know, again, I love you, buddy, but including you a little bit. Just a little tiny, little teeny tiny bit. A little bit. I just read fucking the director and talking about modernized and shit. And uh, just people editing it to the way of misinforming me kind of pissed me off. And actually, YouTubers that I actually trust kind of reported on it and kind of pissed me off. So because they get, the, it got clicks, clicks. yeah, clickbaits. So I hope they, uh, I hope, I hope they get diarrhea tomorrow. So um, <laughs> <laughs> are they turning to Johnny Sesaki? Yeah. Oh my better stomach! <laughs> I was like, I hope they die. They deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. <laughs> I hope they get knocked unconscious and they, they fucking fall down with their ass sticking up in the air. I hope they get yeah. their clothes fucking I mean, stolen. We already spent all the time talking about it. So, like, with Castlevania, like, I'm, I'm back to where you were saying, though, like, people have easily forgotten about the whole pachinko nonsense with, with Konami and how shitty they treated things. And it's like, you have all these awesome, like, IPs that are also sitting there that you could make use of, just fucking do it. Well, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're criminal. Oh, I'm sorry. But their criminal misuse of their intellectual property is one thing. But I'm talking more about, like, Kojima. their treatment of Kojima and his employees. Like, Oh, sure. Yeah. That's a, and, and even after he left, like, they, they blocked his company getting health care from a, uh, an organization that provides health care to game developers in Japan. Like, just... Petty, shitty stuff like that. However, you know, I, I think we've talked about this on the show like, before, so I'm going to try to keep it brief. But from what I understand, they've had a bit of a change in leadership. There's been some shaking up, and that's part of why they want to re-enter games. That's why we're seeing Silent Hill and Metal Gear, yeah. and hopefully Contra and Castlevania. But I like I'm I'm still in wait and see mode. I want to be excited about Metal Gear Delta super bad, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm I I had my heart broken. I'm. Well, they also have all once the once bitten twice shy. They have all the Hudson properties too, right? Like Bomberman yep, and yep. and Bloody Roar. That's that's, right. that's the fighting. If I had a fighting IP that could get remade, that's that's it right there. Bloody Roar. They made that Castlevania fighting game for the Wii. Is that in you guys' uh, video? It's it. Yeah, it's in the video. Judgment. It's Sweet. it's in the video. Sweet. Hmm. Sweet. I haven't, yeah, I haven't got that far yet. <laughs> Did you guys ever play that game? No, um, no. That actually, I I misspoke earlier. I was talking earlier about Curse of Darkness. Curse of Darkness is not Ega's last game. I'm pretty sure it's that Wii game. That's sad. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's his actual <laughs> final game. And wow, what a way to go out! He said, uh, "I'm gonna go make another game about a lady." I thought Order of Ecclesia came out after that. It I think did. it's before. I thought I thought it was. I'm gonna look it up because I'm, I'm pretty fucking, sure Order of I like to correct people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Chronologically, it might be it. I think he doesn't cover the the actual. But you you uh, said he covers the, them in, in like swatches, so that would make sense. Yeah. So I think that's what it, I might be thinking of it in that way. But yeah. Zach and I were working at the same GameStop while those games were coming out. Or no, maybe I was at the mall by then. But I don't know. Whatever. We were both working at GameStop in those games. November eighteenth, two thousand eight, for Castlevania Judgment. Yeah, Word of Ecclesia had to be around the same. Mm-hmm. It was close. 
You guys want to talk about the Mario thing? Because I don't know anything about the Mario. Oh, October yeah. 21st, 2008 for Ecclesia. There you go. So it's a month apart. It's like Very close. Wow. <laughs> I told you, by like that timeline is like all together. Yeah. So. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention the dubs. There's not much to say except uh, Charles yeah. Martinet retired from being the voice of Mario. Yeah, Mario's, <laughs> Mario, as you know, is dead. They already have a new voice actor for Mario in that new Mario trailer, as people noted. But no, but interestingly, yes, that voice Brent. that no, it's not. <laughs> but that voice actor is not the voice actor who's doing Wario's voice in the new Wario compilation coming out. So Charles Martinet did Mario, Luigi, Waluigi, and Wario, and apparently now they're going to have people separately doing those potentially. I mean. To be fair, now that they're doing that, they can actually have four people dress as those characters and come like go to they things should, and cons and stuff and and it just live. They should do, do like the, the death of Superman, but the death of Mario, and then the return of Mario. <laughs> Reign like, of the Mario's, Metal yeah. Mario, Fat Mario, that's right, Cyborg Mario, Enter <laughs> yeah. the Mario verse, Mario Boy. The cool yeah. looking '90s Mario with the leather jacket and the fucking sunglasses. Bret, Bret, Bret Hart Mario. Bret Hart, Bret the <laughs> Hart Mario. Exactly. Yeah, the cool, the cool guy. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, Charles Martinet retired, and he's a really cool guy, and everyone likes him. Apparently, everyone who's ever met him was like, "Wow, he was really nice." So I, I haven't met him, but that's all I've ever heard about the guy. So you know, I hope him the best. You know, he also like he was a professional voice actor, of course, and he did lots of other voices. He was the voice of like the main dragon in Skyrim. Isn't that bizarre? Weird. <laughs> the All fuck? the voice actors in video game done everything. Like fucking Troy Baker's everywhere. Fucking oh, yeah, Troy Baker's everywhere. No one yeah. is everywhere. But I just Charles Martinet. I always thought you know Mario, and then also sometimes the other the other color Mario's green Mario, yellow Mario, those ones. Mm -hmm. And and dragon and yeah. dragon apparently <laughs> <laughs> should have made him the voice of. Uh, of Sam Fisher, or not Sam Fisher, god damn it. Yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> he does like all his split thing up in the ceiling. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go! And he fucking like shoots people with like a silence. He's like, can he take someone out and he just whispers, so long, gay Bowser. Yahoo! The best there was, the best there will be. Sorry, I'm doing a Mario Bret Hart anyway. Thank you so much for the play my game, Snap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to end season one of Big Trouble Podcast. Uh, we will be back in October ish, early October, um, for horror month. Because uh, remember, we do Halloween movies, and I believe I'm at the top, by the way, so I'll give you my movie. It's Lake Mungo. Um, so that is my pick. So uh, go watch that, and then a month later, hear us talk about it. Uh, catch us on all podcast services. Uh, we're on everything, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anything you can think of, we're on there. Um, YouTube. Listen, we're giving you a month off, so you need to get caught up. You need to listen yes. to every episode of season one, and then you need to go listen to every episode of uh, Living in Shadows. Lost well, in Nightmare. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's it. I'll remember it one day. And you got to listen to every episode of Getting Some Collar. Living in Shadows. Yes, giving you a month. 
we will be doing getting some color Thursday, I believe, right? Correct? Yes. I was going to ask you guys, are you good? Chaz, are you good? Are you, can you do it? If you can't do it, fuck you. Me and Dubs will do it anyway. <laughs> we got we to get one in for the month, okay? Well, am I going to be there or not, guys? You only know if you tune in on Thursday. Yes. <laughs> <One cliffhanger. laughs> but, but Spoilers, next- I'll be there because I ain't a bitch. Yeah, but until next time, guys, thank you for 253 episodes of Season 1. We will see you in October. Peace. Thank you for listening. What's in the bag? Huh? Um, I'm from Geek TV, and today we're talking to local comic fans and finding out what they're purchasing. Uh, So what's in the bag? Uh... It's called Brother Sister. That's awesome. And what is that about? Like a brother-sister crime-fighting duo? Uh, It's about a brother and a sister that fuck. They what? They fuck each other.